Portland gaming like D and D like nerd establishments have they ever opened up like uh, don't like a D and D shop down in the Shanghai tunnels beneath the city? <laughs> they should. In fact, you should Actually, be able to because that that is essentially like a live there. dungeon. Not only yeah. could you have like a shop, like a little gift shop at the opening of the Shanghai Tunnels, where you can get like, but you can actually have like a live role playing experience beneath the city. Like you can that have traps and shit amazing, like that actually. because that's how they Shanghai people. That would be pretty rad. Am I the, literally the first person to think of this? I can't. I can't Probably not. <laughs> I, I I totally have to write this down on a piece of paper, and mail it to myself, so I can patent it. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's the Boy Hattie Podcast. I'm Annie. I'm Bill. We're here to talk to you about more pop culture detritus. Some bullshit. Bill and I, uh, before we started recording, were discussing uh, various and sundry local D&D and gaming uh, Oh, you probably don't even have to talk about that, because I'll probably just leave that in the podcast when I edit. <laughs> But anyway, uh, one place uh, we were talking about is uh, Guardian Games here in Portland. Uh, they were in a uh, warehouse down by the river. They are now down by the river. Any, uh, yeah, just any excuse to say down by the river is always good times. I mean, literally, they're in a chain of warehouses down by the river, and they're yeah. a charming. They're a charming place. They do sell board games, and what's adorable about them is that they have tables in the back where you can play games, etc. And uh, you, they have a coffee shop and a bar. Oh, really? So you can go have yeah. You can have a D and D session or play a board game while having a. Beer, well, see, that's the first time when I was when I went to uh, their old place down by the river. That was the first uh, time I've ever seen a D and D shop where they actually had space. Uh, most of the space in that warehouse space was just uh, long, almost like cafeteria tables where I guess people would uh, role yeah. play. And that was the first time yeah. I ever realized that, that actual D&D shops will actually have, like, actually do D&D games actually at the shop, which, which is kind of See, a great idea. See, and that's nuts to me because growing up, my local comic shop had tables in the back. I could have that sort which of stuff. Which totally makes like, sense. I never know. I never, I don't know why I never thought of that before, but, you know. Yeah. It's not like comic book shops have, like, a reading area or anything. Well, the reason why I went... Well, actually, some do. Uh, Cosmic Monkey does. Doesn't? Boom. Yes, they Wait, do. Wait, where they is do. Cosmic... Is that the upstairs part? Yeah. They have some sofas where you can... Uh, I guess technically, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, when the... Uh, the reason why I bring up Guardian Games is that now it is close enough to my workplace. It was close before, but now yeah. it's like I can see it from the window. But you don't, role, I, you don't roleplay that much. No, but I like other stuff. Okay. And uh, the reason why I ran down is that uh, one of my coworkers was like, oh, my husband took me to this place, Guardian Games. Did you know that they had a build-your-own-minifig station oh, for really? Legos? There? Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, at the shit. Lego stores, they have these little things where they have a bunch of heads and, oh, and torsos and legs, and you can make your own figures. That is dangerous. Yeah, so I was like, okay, well, I've got to go. I told Foley, I'm like, we're going to go to Guardian Games because I want to look at Legos. And it's really adorable because they really clearly just went out to, like, Goodwill or wherever and just bought a shit ton of minifigs and then just broke them up. It's kind of brilliant. Are they, like, old so, minifigures? Because you think they would just, yeah. like, get, like, because there's a Lego shop in town. You think they'd just go there and just get a wholesale a whole bunch of pieces. Well, Bill, that's not how... That's not how wholesaling works. Really? <laughs> you know that, right? You can't just buy, like, a giant box of, like, 10,000 Lego heads. All of a sudden, it occurs to me that you've oh, never been. I've never. Before. Wait, speaking of Lego, making your own Lego figures. When you were when we were here and we had the Star Wars podcast. Here, I got to bring up my video so I can show you what I'm. Uh, I forgot to tell you. Uh, I made like a little like like little uh, Millennium Falcon Han Solo little Lego thing. 
Except yeah. because I'm so hung up on my idea that the hero of the new Star Wars needs to be a Lady Han Solo, uh, yes. that I actually took the head from Marion Ravenwood from an old uh, Lego Indiana Jones set and put on Han Solo's hair on top of her. So if you look really closely, uh, I can't even see if the camera can pick it up uh, for people who are watching the video feed. It's uh, Han Solo with kissable lips. <laughs> also, it's Han Solo with kissable lips, also very scared of everything. <laughs> with like little eyebrows and everything uh, it's That's little eyelashes adorable. and stuff too I am so proud I actually made a fan fiction uh, action uh, Lego mini, uh, minifigure of my wannabe Star Wars character Bill I can't make fun of you because the reason why I was so head up to go to Guardian Games and check out their minifig assemblage area was because I as part of my sobriety have been trying to focus on other things yeah. and like kind of drive that addiction into uh, less destructive places maybe financially destructive but not self-destructive and so um, I first started for my birthday Conley and Jimmy got me the Legend of Shima Lego uh, pack tracker set that came with all these dumb little Lego wolves. And then it occurred to me that, I'm sure I've talked about this on the podcast, but to briefly recap, uh, Once or twice, yeah. Yeah. There are the Lone Rangers Lego sets that are now discontinued, but you can still find them on the market that are all cowboy figures. So I took, here's my fan fiction, I've been taking all of these cowboy Legos and making them into cowboy wolves. Aww. I can't believe we also, we both just have our Lego minifigure bullshit that we've made up. Like, just right by right by our cameras so we can show the people well, at home. Well, my thing is that Foley has been fucking me shit, and rightfully so, that I keep buying these Legos, and they're just kind of sitting on the ottoman and, like, cluttering up what the space. What else are you going to do with them? Like, uh, well, my wife does not like clutter, and to be fair, they should not be on our coffee table. So, uh, yeah. I've been trying to convince her that clearly... She, I, my desk is also very untidy, whereas mm -hmm. hers is much more orderly, all things said. So, uh, she was like, well, if you, or she was like, well, why should you keep getting Legos if they're just going to be all over the house? And I'm like, that is totally like clearly. a mom thing to say, but it's valid. Oh it yeah, that's valid. it. I'm not arguing. I'm just saying, yeah. And clearly the answer is I need to create an elaborate vignette on my desk of this little cowboy wolf town. And uh, the reason why I was so excited at Guardian Games is that they had the Lone Ranger train set. Oh, that's and, where you found that. And the Silvermine set, oh. all both for... <laughs> this is going down the rabbit hole, I know. Both for MSRP as opposed to the artificially inflated prices you can find them at online. So I was trying to tell Foley, I'm like, really? It is. It would be foolish of me not to buy these. Were they like, both 100 bucks? Only, uh, the train set's hundred bucks, and the mindset was like fifty something. And you know um, what? For Lego sets, actually, I mean that sounds like a lot for a toy, but like that's well, it is Lego so toy, expensive. Yeah, exactly. Though Brenna did point out that it's like for the train set, it's only like a quarter per brick. Like when you break it down to the per brick ratio, it's not that's that not bad. bad. Yeah. Well, Foley immediately was like, you motherfucker, don't try <laughs> to tell me that if you buy Legos, it will make you a more tidy person. But uh, this is the lie I'm telling myself. I uh, started looking at, I found a mini uh, Lego Wikipedia to, yeah. where they had lists of all the themes and all the minifigs and everything. And I noticed that the Legend of Chima lion heads have these little beards and everything because they're lions. So I had to get some of those now. So my, my town will officially is officially going to be booming pretty quickly. Oh my little my Lego God. cowboy furry town. 
So, anyway, that's new. In other news, I am still sober because I keep having Legos. <laughs> you know, the terrible thing is, it's it's one thing to be mildly interested in something, but when you start, like, researching that shit online and you start becoming invested in scoping out prices and the market and where you can yep. get this and that, that's when you know you're starting to fall down the rabbit hole. And that's when you kind of have to make the choice. Am I going to make a controlled descent into madness? Yeah. Or yeah. am I just going to stop this altogether and just, like, invest my time and money into something else? You know what? The worst you – know, there are worse things. Uh, it's not like if you if you just Literally, bought... there are. For me, it's alcohol. <laughs> well, that's all that. But, uh, but, I mean, like, Lego – it's not like if you just bought, like, the Lego – if you just bought this Lego train and the Lego mindset, it's not like it would start, like – you would start buying, like, the Lego Statue of Liberty. You know, no. I don't think it would be that much of a fall. It just – it would be great if you had, like, a little diorama, though. Exactly. See, my thing is, is that I don't want a lot. I want very specific things. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. Want, I want all the Lone Ranger sets and then enough of the Leg- Legend of Chima heads and hands that I can swap them out and make my Lone Ranger people. So is Chima, into... is, is the Legend of Chima stuff, is that all just wolf stuff? Well, Bill, if you must ask. Yeah, I know. I'm the asking. The Legend yeah. of Chima is about uh, a number of tribes. I believe there are oh, okay. 13 tribes. There are, let me see if I can remember this, because I only know <laughs> as much as I need to know to supple, supplement you... my cowboy town. Yeah. So the lions are the protagonists, oh, really? and okay. then there's a wolf tribe, there's a gorilla tribe, there are eagles, uh, there's a spider tribe, fuck you very much, yeah. Lego. Do they have, like, there's multiple wolves. arms? No. Oh, okay. Well, it's actually, the way they do it is kind of clever, because... They have, like, they're just the torso, and then their legs, and then they have, like, one of the backpack things that's, like, more legs that come around. Oh, okay, 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 yeah. And then, like, they, what I love about the Legend of Chiba sets is that they have a normal Lego face, like a normal Lego head, yeah. that has, is dual printed with two expressions of the face, and so, and the, specifically the, the eyes are really vivid, like, here, I'll hold this up to you. <laughs> Let me Apologies show you to anybody who's just listening examples. to the audio version of this podcast who's, who, who can't see. The, like, the two people watching us at home can see what we're talking about, but... Bill, is it two or is it... Oh, I see what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, so if you... Can, you can't really see because it won't focus, but this yeah. side, he's making just kind of a I just see scowl. a dark gray blob, but yeah. But on this side, there's a different dark gray blob. So it's the same face, but just two different expressions. It's not like he transforms. Yeah. Although I guess like other Lego figures, they must have done that in the past where you, you have characters who they transform. Have. Or like you might have a human face and then you turn the head around and suddenly it's... Well, that's kind of like... Did you see the Lego movie? Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like... Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Liam Neeson's cop character kind of does that. Yes. Yeah. 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 Good cop, bad cop. Yeah. So the reason why they do it is that the Shima figures all have these like heads... Like these uber heads that are like the sculpted hats. wolf heads. Yeah, it's not just yeah. a sticker on a normal head. Oh, and it's a so, helmet they wear. Yeah, so it's a helmet, ah. and so depend, you can turn their heads around, and then their their eyes are different little eyes. That's funny. So you're not even invested in a whole line. You're just invested in one tribe, and that's part of like this furry line of Lego well, figures. Yeah. Now I got some lions. So I oh, you did get some uh, lions. Okay, okay. I get some lions, and they're going to be some folks. I think I may make them the Confederate soldiers. Or perhaps not. <laughs> is there uh, is there an otter tribe, or is there no? A there's not bear the tribe. There are. I did see that in their new line that's coming out this summer. By the way, <laughs> this is pathetic. The most pathetic thing. This I, is, I you're officially that. you've officially fallen down this well. You might as well just wallow in it. Come on. <laughs> the the new like an achievement line that comes out this summer uh, will have. Have saber-toothed tigers? 
pretty excited oh. about that, you guys. Do you get, like, the Lego catalogs and stuff? No, I just looked online. You gotta, you, man, inv- Annie, you have to invest. You, got, you gotta get the Lego VIP card like but, I do. But the thing is, is that I don't want a bunch of Legos. I don't even want Legend of Chima. I just want their head, I want various animal heads and hands to turn into cowboys. And once Lone Ranger is gone, that's it for me. Unless they come out with a new cowboy set, and then I'll be interested again. Annie, you need to do this diorama. You need to photo document it, make a little mini website on your website, just dedicated to the diorama, and like your little yeah. characters, and that'll be it. That'll, then you'll pull a nice little bow on top of this little fascination, and then you get to move on to something else. I did post a Tumblr. I was like, name my characters, will you? And I got a lot of great suggestions. But the best thing that happened was Brenna the other day emailed me. She emailed me. <laughs> Two drawings and a short story about some of my Lego wolves. Yeah. <laughs> like, you now, are best, you coming Brenna. up with original names for these characters, or is this like the like? Well, what are you doing here? Like, how how, how well, much? How much I you don't making have, up? I don't have the complete thing going on here, my friend. Yeah, I'm just saying. I don't know if you're creating. Well, that's what I'm asking. If you if you're actually creating specific characters or anything like that. Uh, when I well, Bill, this is my process. Um, I lay out the heads, I lay out the torsos, and I lay out the legs, and I listen to the characters, and I let them speak to me, and see how they come together. And yeah. I don't call it out, Bill, it's them. They're assembling their true selves, my friend. Oh my god. Like, this guy's head had to go on this body, Bill. Uh, anyway, we officially... Annie, can you anyway, make me yeah. some more from Black Lego characters? <laughs> be pretty straightforward to do, you just need a bunch of, uh... Well, this is, this is how you head. get fully interested in, in, in the Lego stuff. Is you start asking her to design new Lego face stickers to put on, so you can actually start creating. I mean, if you have a printer, like, especially with any kind of sticker paper, you could kind of start creating your own characters. Like, if you design their own, like, sticker label, like, jackets and clothes, mm-hmm. and, like, their faces, you could kind of, like, you could create your own little yeah. Hannibal set. Yeah. You can have a Carolyn DeVernos Hannibal minifigure, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Drawn by Foley... The uh, I actually did just get fully this week a super fancy ass printer, so this is that's much what I'm saying. You can you can pull that before. off. now, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the um. Oh, and the best part at... you watched Hannibal this week, right? Spoilers for Hannibal. Fucking Hannibal, yes. Uh, I did. for the Mason Verger uh, Lego minifigure, you just rip off part of his face label now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was really surprised they went there because that that seemed like something they would have done a couple seasons in because that's part of that. What happens in this week to Mason Verger was something that happens in the books. But it I was thought, the grossest thing I've ever seen. I like, and I, how, handle it. I like how he does it willingly. I like how he's like, I'm willing to see where this goes once he gets infected by okay, the drugs. Okay, I'm going to start talking about Legos again. Yeah, okay. So I was looking at, I fell down even further down this rabbit hole because I'm assembling this, right? Like myself. So I see on this Lego wiki that there are these lion characters. Yeah. But the thing is, is that all the pictures, of course, are of the complete character with their little ha- animal helmet. Yeah. And I'm like, I need to know what his face looks like so i find a database that is a a really comprehensive database with comprehensive photography of every single lego part oh really and so it's like this macro photography of these lego parts and whatnot and i start looking at all these faces because i'm I'm scrolling through the faces the heads to find the one i'm looking for and it occurs to me how much fun it must be to design lego heads like for the the first couple weeks well, of course, like anything that is fun know, is like yeah. a fun job, you asshole. I know, but I'm just saying it's like there's a pretty it's a pretty set form. It's kind of like haiku. Yeah, you know, it's like there's only so much you can do, but within that range, you can fucking go to town. Mm-hmm. 
It was, it was delightful. I'm just saying, I think the Lego Chima desi- Legend of Chima designers had fun. Any, uh, uh, you. you know what? You should you should investigate. Ask them if maybe you can get a job at Lego. <laughs> could you not do that job um, from home? Could I the Lego just, face uh, designer? If you don't mind, my, uh, my job will be to design animal faces that can go on cowboys from your discontinued line. And I want to see ago. your cowboy otter line of of, of of face designs is all I'm saying. <laughs> The only thing that sucks about the Lone Ranger line is that there are only two lady figures. And, uh, uh, yeah, I'm like, I want some more broads. To be fair, there are very few Legend of Chima broad faces, too. There's one lady wolf. Really? I'm kind of surprised, like, yeah. something for, for little, such little kids like that, it's not a little more evenly divided between the genders. When you look at a, a gendered Lego product build, it's going to be gendered towards boys. The, there are know, they do have Lego specific sets. Lego. Well, it's funny because like their yeah. their Lego sets for girls aren't even really Lego, but like they're like they're very different. They're shaped different. Like it's it's made by the Lego company, but it's not even branded as Lego. Then yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Have you seen the Lego branded Disney sets, no. like the princess sets? No, they're crazy. Are they I sculpted extra? I mean. Because you think with the Disney princesses, you may not want them to be the fat little chubby minifigures. Like you might. They're wanna... not. They're like sculpt. That's yeah. That makes figures. sense. I could see Disney kind of overriding their their design process to say, "Can we have like a sex? Can we have like a more shapely Ariel? We don't want just like dumpy Ariel with like little little tin can bras." Yeah. Yeah. Little shell bras. Okay, I'm gonna say it. I have officially taken up too much of this podcast talking about Lego. I'm fine with uh, talking about Lego. This is what I'm doing instead of drinking. You guys. You're talking <laughs> to the guy who is still in the corner of this room has a two hundred dollar lego simpsons set that he's just waiting for the perfect rainy day to start putting together and on top of that set i've got a back to the future delorean set that i want to put in the garage of the simpsons house and also have marty and doc <laughs> hanging out with the simpsons because why not yeah, yeah. so on uh, the other day from uh jimmy and conley friends of the podcast jimmy and conley invited us over to their house to oh, play man. sports friends yeah and thinking about sports friends, I was like, man, competitive multiplayer brings out the asshole in me. It's another reason why I don't want to pay, play competitive games with anybody online. Because I'm like, I'm an asshole. I do not like losing. And I become a child. So uh, I was like, man, I want there to be more cooperative multiplayer games. And in that moment, I was like, oh, yeah, they're coming out with Diablo for the PS4. I go on Amazon to pre-order it. I throw it in my cart. And I am about to check out, and then at the last minute, I like I'm about to hit the submit button. I'm like, wait, why is my total 130 dollars or something like that? And I back out to my car, and I see that there are t- the Lego train set and the Lego Silvermine set in my cart that I just added there instead of my wish list accidentally. And I almost bought them. And in that moment, there was this moment where I was like, I can. If, what you if you I have your notice? excuse, yeah. What if I didn't notice? What if I genuinely... I almost didn't notice. What if I didn't, didn't notice, and I just accidentally uh, bought them, right? Yeah. For one brief moment, I thought of trying to tell Holy this lie. This It's only a white lie, right? No. I resisted. That's the kind of but move anyway. where, like, five years from now, if you're starting divorce proceedings, this is the moment <laughs> where you kind of see the, car- the cracks in the relationship start to form, when you're hiding your Lego purchases from your wife, or making well, excuses... It's- What's hilarious is I just literally just had lunch with Foley and I had flipped open the like someone brings old magazines into into our lunchroom yeah. and someone had brought in an old women's home journal that was about ways to keep your marriage spicy or like ways to have a good marriage and like one of the big ones was don't lie about money. <laughs> Foley's just like 
Listen to women's home journaling. It's not wrong, yeah. Don't lie about Legos. Although, you know what? It's preferable if you have to lie about anything. It's like going back to the kind of thesis of this conversation. It's better to have to lie about Legos than, oh, you snuck a drink or something. It's not about sucking dicks at a truck stop. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Lego silver mindset. (laughs) So anyway, yeah, so uh, Jimmy and Conley invited us over to play Sports Friends, which is newly out for the PS4. You I watched them play that. I watched their live stream the other day, and I had no idea what Sports Friends was, but watching those two play by themselves was super cute. I can't imagine what it was like with the four of you motherfuckers together. It was great and fun. What's hilarious is that um, this this weekend was a lot of uh, staring into the gaming mirror for me. Oh, yeah? Because... Conley is very much so like me when it comes to uh, competitive video games and that we both become humorless assholes. <laughs> Whereas Jimmy, Jimmy is just the sweetest, most copacetic guy and Foley's just like along for the ride and just trying to have fun. And Conley and I are just like, fuck you guys. Fuck you. Gonna do it right. Gonna get it there. I was trying to dial down my inner asshole without much success. But it's a fun... Those are some fun damn games. They really are. It's like 15 bucks for the PS4. And uh, But what was interesting is that it was just cool to see a kickstarted game. Oh, that was kickstarted? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of... How many, how many mini games are on that thing? Technically six. Okay. Uh, it's marketed around four. Um one of which is Johann Sebastian Joust, which had gotten. Oh, that's actually a retail release of that game. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, but there are also two hidden games. One that's like, uh, it's actually really clever. It's like a, a pong, but the it's like all the pieces are kind of gelatinous and wobbly. Okay, I didn't realize so that was a hidden can... game, which looked really cool. It's like a physics-based pong. Oh, like yeah. where it's not just the physics that are applied to the ball, but also to the paddles. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, there's another hidden game that's actually my favorite game in the bunch called Get on Top, where it's very super quick, and it's just, you are two characters, it's physics-based, and you it's basically like a tug-of-war, and depending on how you manipulate the analog sticks, your character will go different ways, and the goal is to um, either cause the other character to knock their head off, or keep your own head from being knocked off. And it's, we went on for like 300 rounds. Well, it, 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 like it's funny it's because fun. when I watched uh, uh, Jimmy and Conley play, those were the two games I saw them play the most. And it's funny that those are the two yeah. hidden games. Well, for people at home who, do, who don't know uh, exactly what Sports Friends was, because like I said, I had no idea what this was until I was watching Jimmy and Conley play. So yeah, it, it's it's a suite of little, not even sports-based, but just, just kind of goofy little uh, mini-games that it's couch co-op only, right? No online co-op? Uh, yes, that's correct. And so, yeah, it's supposed to be just you and whoever's in your living room hanging out just like, is is it all, is it any, is it, is it any, is there any co-op stuff or is it all just a uh, competitive? It's, there's some co-op stuff. Like some of it is uh, team-based. Oh, okay. Because I saw so. one was also kind of like a volleyball game where you like, you're, you're trying to knock a ball off this, this platform, but you could also jump into the water to retrieve the volleyball. Yeah. And it seemed very cute. Like, the graphics, each each game has kind of a different aesthetic thing going on. The tug-of-war game you were talking about where your head can get knock, knocked off, it almost looks like a Tron Sesame Street kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the the physics, physics-based Pong thing kind of looks like this weird 80s video yeah. uh, processed. I don't know. It, it, it's, it's a really interesting uh, little mini-game collection. I think all the games are done by different teams. Oh, okay. That kind of makes sense. The, 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 the physics-based Pong game, the paddles are controlled. Are you using the two different thumbsticks? None of this stuff is yeah. motion-controlled, right? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. That's correct. The only game of the bunch that's motion controlled is Johann Sebastian Joust. Yeah. And even that that game is um uh it's a game in which there's music playing. You can have two to four players. There's music playing, and the music is regular. Um, you want to prevent your controller from being moved. You want to keep it as stable as possible. And when the music speeds up, you it's a little more forgiving, and you can jostle the controller a little bit. Um, and the goal is to cause the other players to jostle their controllers. So it's kind of like a ridiculous sort of tag sort of thing. Yeah. And it's it's a lot of fun, and it totally brings out the asshole of me. And I slap too hard for that game. So. <laughs> I'm glad you get time with it. And like I said, watching live streams of that stuff, you wouldn't think uh, watching two people, just even two people play those little mini games would be that fun. But yeah, Jimmy Conley very cute on their live stream about it. Anyway, Bill, that's enough for me. What? Tell me some things you did this week. I played Mario Golf while you're t- uh, explaining Super Friends to me. <laughs> I got my ass kicked <laughs> oh, by Waluigi, so fuck that guy. Uh, what did I do this week? Oh, I played Super Time Force. Have you heard of Super Time Force? I have literally heard the name, but I don't know what it is. So explain uh, it to me, this is an Xbox exclusive side-scrolling shooter. Um, it's actually it's funny because when you first start off, it's actually not that entirely different from uh, what was the PlayStation Four side-scrolling shooter that just came out just a couple weeks ago that I was complaining about. Oh, uh, the Mercenary Kings. Yeah, it's a little bit like this. Although this is this little more eight, not even eight bit, but like kind of, it's much more simplistic looking, where the uh, characters and everything are more abstract. But it's uh, it controls a lot better. Um, it's a side scrolling shooting game where I don't think there's any co op uh, or any multiplayer in it because the whole gist of Super Time Force is that you're this little dude who's shooting people, but whenever you die, uh, it's one hit kill. So if you get shot as much as one tiny little bullet. You die instantly, mm-hmm. which is a which is a big deal because yeah, you're fighting shitloads of an enemy enemies, and it kind of be, turns into a bullet hell. But when you die, you can rewind time and respawn and fight alongside your previous dude, your previous yeah. life. And I think in each stage, you get up to thirty lives, and so you mm-hmm. could have up to thirty versions of yourself running around in the stage at the same time. And uh, also, each stage is timed, and so sometimes you'll get to the end boss, and you only have 10 seconds left to, oh, man. to beat the boss. <laughs> and if you try to fight the boss by yourself as one dude, it's impossible because it's the, the game is just designed so that you have to take advantage of that 10 seconds. You have to leverage that 10 seconds the best you can by uh, doing as much damage as you can in those 10 seconds letting mm-hmm. your character die and then come back to life and introduce a new character into the scene and also attack so suddenly you have twice as much attack power and of course mm-hmm. if you if you die 30 times on the boss you'll you can, you can bring in essentially 30 dudes attacking the guy at the same time you'll <laughs> kill the guy the bad guy like the boss like 30 times faster uh good luck getting to any of the bosses in the game with all 30 of your lives intact though uh yeah. but it's kind of the coolest part is um, instead of just playing as one character, I think you start off the game, you're, you can choose between, there's just a generic dude who just has a machine gun, there's a lady who is a sniper, like a World War II sniper, who who's, mm. her, her bullets fire through walls and stuff, and then there's mm. a third guy who just has a shield who, he doesn't have any at- real attacks, he's just kind of a defensive character. But as mm. you go through these uh, stages, you can l- unlock new characters, and I think there's something like 20 unlockable characters. Wow. And... Since the mechanic of this game is all time-based, the whole theme yeah. of the game is time-based, uh, you're actually playing as a whole bunch of time travelers just running around in time, 
uh, just trying to stop bad guys from fucking up the the the, the timeline of, of of planet Earth. And so That's there's adorable. like eight stages. Like the first stage takes place in dinosaur times. So there's there's a the second stage takes place in like ten thousand BC in like Atlantis. Uh, you know, yeah. some stages take place in the future. There's one that takes place in like post apocalyptic like nineteen eighty two, which is all Mad Max themed. And each yeah. stage has at least I don't know if there's multiple unlockable characters that you can if you rescue these characters inside these stages they become unlockable characters that you can play as, and so the one character I found in the Mad Max uh, post apocalyptic 1982 stage is a character called Melanie Gibson, who is all Mad Maxed out. She has this great shotgun yeah. weapon, and she's actually yeah. I, I was just happy just to play as her just a chick named Melanie Gibson. Instead of yeah. Mel Gibson with a badass shotgun, just totally dressed dressed like Mad Max except with tits. Uh, not that you can see them much because she's a tiny little pixelated like eight bit character. But okay. yeah, she got a super badass shotgun. And like, there's like a uh, one stage where you unlock like it's super eighties ridiculousness where everything's all neon and shit like that. So in that stage, yeah. you can unlock a, a dinosaur riding a skateboard. You're totally serious. It's like typical dude. And yeah. uh, if you go into med- medieval times, the the uh, character you can unlock there is Merlin. And he, his weapon is just a magic staff that turns people into chickens. But it's funny because it's still like a side-scrolling shooting game, action shooter. But yeah. like then you're just playing as an old wizard just turn, uh, shooting people and turning them into chickens. And the nice thing is whenever you die and rewind, uh, you have a chance to bring in – you can choose a different character. So you mm-hmm. can have like across all your different lives uh, playing together yeah. at the same time in the stage. You could have like thir- three Melanie Gibsons two merlins you know like all kinds of different shit like that like you know three dinosaurs riding skateboards like spitting acid and things it's 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 a very cute little game uh uh, the funny thing is it's quote-unquote only 15 dollars which shows you how expensive indie games are getting that the by virtue of the fact that it's in uh, 15 bucks seem makes it seem kind of cheap like what even you said with super friends or super wait what's what's your game called uh, sports friends. Sports friends. What? Exactly That's only quote unquote only fifteen bucks, right? What? How much money do you think games should cost? Like seriously? Uh, why? What are you talking about? What's your point? Well, you're saying you're saying that that's not cheap. No, I'm saying that's relatively cheap. I'm just, uh, okay. th- this is my comment on how expensive. Because remember when like okay, Xbox sorry, Live first started, a lot of games were only like five or ten bucks. Well, they did it. There was no market for it. So I know, and now if a game's just fifteen bucks, it's like, oh man, that's a steal. <sighs> anyway, I'm sorry. Continue your point. I'm just saying, twenty bucks. Twenty bucks is already third of a whole full priced retail game. Is all I'm saying. Oh, Bill. I'm just saying that that transistor comes out this week. That's twenty bucks. Come on, Bill. Why would I pay twenty dollars for a poster? That's true. That's bullshit. <laughs> you asked. <laughs> <laughs> now what I'm just saying. It seems like twenty dollars is now the whereas like. Like just like five years ago, even fifteen bucks seemed a little pricey for uh, for a downloadable game. Now twenty bucks seems to be the default. See, my thing is the nichier the game is, the more I'm willing to pay for oh, it. Oh yeah, I'm not complaining about paying money for this stuff. Like I said, I I, I had never even heard of the Super Time Force game until the day it came out this week, and uh, people were were just going nuts. Uh, the reviews were all fantastic. Well, especially people were freaking out because I think this is the first exclusive downloadable xbox one game that's any good hmm. and okay. it's it's really just an excuse to fire up the xbox one which that's that's yeah. that's if you want yeah. an xbox one right now there's not much excuse to fire that shit up even with titanfall everyone seems to have gotten bored with titanfall so yeah but so, so that, speaking that's, of time travel yeah i wanted to tell you this oh no just because i thought it was kind of amazing oh no so 
the dumb shit Once Upon a Time show I watched. Foley and I oh, caught up I in the heard. most recent season. Yeah. This is ridiculous. So, season ends. <laughs> they beat the big bad. And there are two episodes left. Who Rumpelstiltskin like, gonna get married to? Uh, who isn't he gonna get married to, Bill? He's related to everyone on that show. Everyone's either his dad or his son or his uncle or his lawyer. <laughs> so... The thing is, the thing about this show that I thought was actually kind of baller and really dumb at the same time was, <laughs> so the story is resolved at, with two episodes left. That's bad and, with two episodes left. I can see if there's like 10 minutes on the clock for the last episode, but yeah. But the thing is, then they spend the last two episodes that, thank God, the sort of storyline that like I would have expected them to spend a whole season on, but they didn't, oh, yeah? which is two characters, because of the defeating of the the, the uh, antagonist. Is that the Wicked Witch you were talking about? Yeah. The Wicked Witch, her energy pretty much causes this time portal she was trying to create to start anyway. Like, her death causes I the energy released. No. I thought she had a happy ending. People were talking about how, which is funny, like, the day after we recorded last week, everyone was like, oh, that sexy lady Annie thinks is hot had a happy ending finally. No, that's Regina. Yeah, Regina. The, the, she's the evil queen, not the Wicked Witch. Oh, okay, I'm confused. Oh, so we're talking about the Wicked Witch of the West, actually, right? The that Wicked gets Witch killed? of the West oh, okay, okay, is, okay. is defeated, and her power opens this time portal. All season, she's been trying to open this time yeah. portal, change the past. Well, her death causes all this magic to explode. The portal happens anyway. And two characters get sucked back into the past. Pretty much the moment when all the events start happening that, um, that result in the rest of the series. Okay. So... And the, you know, and like any other show would have spent a whole fucking season on this. At least it's it's tedious, but at least they only spend two episodes on this. And I'm sitting here thinking, are they going to reset the show? Are they going to cause everything that happened and all these characters to basically be different characters? This is a show produced by a lot of the people from Lost, so who the well, fuck see, knows what, what they're going to do, yeah. That's kind of a baller move. So I'm watching this and I'm like, are they going to do that? That's kind of, and I love that they just shoved all this into the last season, because yeah. why not? Or the last two episodes, because why not? But then instead, <laughs> they managed to cause enough events to happen the same. that Everything is okay, except that they managed to fuck up the evil queen's love. Her happy ending. Oh, really? It's just, just like it's just ridiculous, dumb <laughs> bullshit. Well, you need—I guess you need the evil queen to still be like an evil queen. Ex- yeah, yeah, yeah. They need an antagonist, which sucks because it was way more interesting than the antagonist. Who did she get hooked up with? Like, who was her? Who was Robin her? Hood. She was gonna grind up on Robin Hood because <laughs> Maid Marian back in the distant past, past is dead, but oh. they managed to—they bring Marian back to the present. This and is drama. Is. Okay, because th- this is, like, they keep on using the Disney version of all these characters. See, that's the thing that cracks me up. Is it's it, not a fox. It's not Wishbone? No, it's uh, not Robin Wishbone. Hood? It's not, like, a little fox what? and, like, a little hat? This is kind of where I'm getting at. Yeah. Once Upon a Time is a weird show. It's not really good, It's but it's really charming, weirdly, once you drink the Kool-Aid. Uh-huh. And they do some neat stuff, but the most interesting thing about it is that it is owned by ABC and... Uh, which is on my Disney, so they're able to allude to all this Disney shit, yeah. even though, and their characters are not those characters, but they're very clearly referencing those characters. Yeah. Well, like Aladdin, like, like, like Jafar shows up. And like that's, I, you, that's always the one you go to. What you saying, <laughs> that's all like, you know like, about Once Upon a Time. That's just like, I don't know. 
But like Belle wears clothes that look like Belle's it's, clothes. She's wearing like yellow clothes and stuff. It's, yeah. So it's like it's all that shit. It's clearly riffing on that. So what they do is literally at the end of the last season of Once Upon a Time is, so they come back through this portal and they're like spoilers, well, spoilers, spoilers. Uh, and they fuck up Regina's life. And, like, the last two seconds is the character's going, well, I hope you didn't bring anything else through the portal. And cut to the portal. <laughs> and out from the portal this, comes... This is the whole justification for the time travel thing, because her, exactly. this character only exists in the past, yeah. The, out of the portal comes Elsa from Frozen. Do you get to see her face? No, you just see the back of her. Okay. And it's just like, are you... So this is this is fascinating to me because, all, like, for example, like, Snow White. Disney's Snow White is old enough yeah. that, yes, it has genuinely become part of the cultural understanding of Snow White and same with Beauty and the Beast and all these and things. And I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to let you know that Frozen is at least five months old. <laughs> but this is kind of fascinating. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? It's like this weird remix. We... While we live in a remix culture in, in any sort of mainstream media, that we're, we live in such a litigious society, you don't get to see this kind of remixing. So this is fascinating. It's kind of like a Who Framed Roger Rabbit sort of thing of of seeing, you know, big stakeholders fuck with their own properties. I wonder so. if Elsa opens the door to more specifically not just slightly Disney-tinged version of these fairy tale characters, but I wonder if they start wholesale, like, this is a fucking, like, Simba shows up. I know Ariel shows up. Didn't you Ariel yeah. show up for an episode or two? She shows up for a couple of them, yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised if it's even more just, like, fucking, like, Hercules shows up. You know, like, it's it's, it's gonna be, like, yeah, like, I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Home on the Range shows up. They've always, they've always done that. Like, that's that's been part of the thesis of no, the show. No, but I wonder if they're much. gonna really go wholesale with, like... Well, I mean, well, that's also... Because that's not even a traditional hand-animated... That's the other thing, too, because that, that's a CGI... I mean, God, would they even dare, like, do Pixar characters show up somehow? Would they dare? <laughs> I'm just saying, well, no, but, well, that's what... No, the only reason I say, do they dare? Well, it's because there's not no, much... Uh, because um, Once Upon a Time, it's all fairy tale stuff. And I guess the only character you could bring over that would make any sense in that world would be uh, Brave. Whatever hell yeah, her name they, was. I, I don't think they're going to break the fairy tale thesis. Like, that's, yeah. that's kind of Do you of think like there's that. at least, uh, in, like, season five of Once Upon a Time, they go to the zoo and there's a bear, and it's just, like, dancing. It's just, like, it's just, like, the mom <laughs> from Brave, just, like, do, like eating a cupcake that's or it. something like that, yeah. That's it. With, like, three anyway, little baby bears. That's my, that's my dumb shit about Once Upon a Time, this ridiculous show that Foley and I watch. Which is better, Brave or Frozen? Because it's interesting, because, like, Pixar... Brave was going to be Pixar's. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna to, we're gonna totally reinvent the princess like animated princess movie, and that movie totally fell flat on its face. But then Disney came out with Frozen. That seems to be the new Disney paradigm of princess fairy tale bullshit. I think they're both problematic, but they're both what's cool about them are different things. Okay, so. I like them both in that the central love story is about family, about women and the family bonds between women as opposed to it is, yeah, external female family. relationships that you That's don't right. usually get to see be the centerpiece of a movie. Bill, I refuse to be part of a misandric, a uh, misogynistic culture that forces women to compete against each other. I think Brave and Frozen can be good. <laughs> so that could be best for us. You know what? Once upon a time, they'll probably they'll probably date. There we go. Hey, Bill, tell me about Godzilla. Godzilla, do you care about Godzilla? Do you? Do you mm -mm. Are you worried about spoilers for Godzilla? Nope. Are you um, not going to go Bill, see Godzilla? I'm going. I'm going to point out that it came out on Friday, so maybe 
out of kindness to our listeners, especially our international listeners, where it is may have a different release date. Maybe don't just fucking spoil the hell out of Godzilla. Hey, guess what? Spoilers. Godzilla attacks the town. <laughs> then, Godzilla, <laughs> then Godzilla leaves. Spoilers for Godzilla. Um, no, what'd you think? Have you heard about how much money that movie made this weekend? I don't think there's anyone no. left aside from you. I think I'm talking the last person on earth who hasn't seen Godzilla. How, did it do really well? Uh, it, they said there's there's a chance it might break $100 million this weekend. Wow. Which is which would make it a bigger opening than Spider Man or Captain America or anything else that has come out this summer, or it wow. may actually may actually be the biggest hit of the summer unless something else like they they mm-hmm. like like yeah this is this is uh, I guess they were expecting like a thirty million dollar opening weekend and it's done over triple that. Wow. Uh, which is I think even like they were comparing it to Pacific Rim, which is Pacific Rim costs like thirty million dollars more in terms of budget. I think Pacific Rim was like almost like two hundred million dollars. I think Godzilla was like one hundred and sixty. And and Pacific Rim had like a thirty million. I can't even believe I'm talking about this stuff, but it's just interesting to see. Well, everyone was comparing God's this Godzilla remake to Pacific Rim, and they were worried about like sure. Hollywood's big worry would this movie even even make as much as Pacific Rim because Pacific Rim has monsters and robots and it has so much fighting, whereas Godzilla, you know, Godzilla has more rec- instantly recognizable pre- name value. Hollywood is incapable of understanding that two genre movies can come out at the same time. I know and exactly. Not yeah, cannibalize each other. Well, especially so. because for the longest time they were making it seem like Godzilla was the only monster in that movie too, and there turns out it's there's a couple monsters in that movie. And so they oh, weren't really that. they weren't really pimping the whole monster fight deal, which is half the reason why people want to go see a Godzilla movie anyway. And but yeah, no, it turns out it's making a shitload of money. Although supposedly all the, uh, the reviews from both critics and people uh, who have seen it are super mixed. So who knows if it's going to keep on making shitloads of money? But yeah, for opening weekend, that shows a lot of people had a super boner for Godzilla, though. Did you enjoy it? Uh, oh wait, this is the part where we actually talk about the movie and not just the finances and <laughs> <laughs> all the ephemeral surrounding movie. I thought it was okay. Uh, it's not necessarily a super great Godzilla movie. It, it's yeah. it's it's not a good movie if you just think about it objectively. Is this <laughs> is this worth uh, your two hours of your time? Probably not. But on the scope of Godzilla movies, I mean, it's definitely the most well produced, well acted, well written Godzilla movie. Um, even though it kind doesn't of doesn't have Hank Azaria as a taxi driver. You know what? I've never seen that movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it since it was. Theaters. I somehow. Well, that Godzilla design was so nasty. I remember when night that that Godzilla movie came out, the marketing for that was so just saturated everything so much. Like I went on my way not to see that bullshit. It didn't help yeah. that I had seen uh, Independence Day in the theaters, and that I fucking hated that movie. And oh, yeah. so when I found out they were doing Godzilla, I was like, "Fuck these guys!" And, and then it turned out everyone hated it as much as 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 badly as I thought that movie looked in the trailers and everything like that. Everyone seemed to agree that like, "Oh yeah, it is that bad." So. I was like, ooh, dodged a bullet there. Uh, th- yeah, this, so I can't necessarily, like, firsthand judge whether or not this is better than that Godzilla movie. It's got no Hank Azaria. Uh, hey, Hank Azaria is part of Mystery Men, and Mystery Men is a fantastic movie. The only thing I liked about the original, or, not the original, it's okay! Sake, you were, you your, were, it's okay the to original, The original American Godzilla. Hey, you know what? Uh, tomorrow's the 15th anniversary of the first Star Wars movie. Just saying. Phantom Menace turns 15 tomorrow. I liked that Godzilla was a girl. I thought Godzilla was... Godzilla was a girl? Godzilla was a girl. Really? Godzilla was a mom, no less. Did... What? Did did the the Godzilla have, like, a female Lego face? Little eyelashes? Uh, She 
She had eggs. Oh, really? So, oh, is that how they kind of set up these spoilers for Godzilla that came out like (laughs) sixteen years ago? ago, Yeah. But yeah. Anyway. Anyway, I'm uh, glad you had a not terrible time. Yeah, no, it wasn't bad. See, that's the thing with Godzilla. Okay, you're gonna make a Godzilla movie. You can either make Godzilla as a horror movie. Or you can make Godzilla as a fun popcorn, essentially kaiju wrestling movie. And you could either do one or the other, but you can't really do both and expect them to be good. And this yeah. movie tries to do that, and yeah, it's it tries to be simultaneously Godzilla as a metaphor for uh, mankind's comeuppance from nature. And we've done all these things wrong, and nature's just coming back to kick us in the ass in the form of Godzilla. And they also try to do, also, yeah, we should root for Godzilla, and hopefully he destroys these other monsters, which are even scarier than Godzilla. And, yeah, you really can't do both in the movie and have it make any sense. The most biggest and most disappointing thing is that they spend so much time on the human people in this movie. It's it's funny, because I remember hearing, uh, well, people seeing this movie, like, previews and stuff, were complaining about how little Godzilla there is in the movie. Yeah. Which, when I heard that, I was like, oh, you fucking noobs, blah, blah, blah. Have you guys never seen a Godzilla movie? Godzilla's never in a Godzilla movie for more than, like, maybe 20 minutes at a time, actually. Uh, yeah, but no, they're they not wrong in that there is just not enough Godzilla in this movie. There's far more... Man, can I even talk about... I really can't talk about spoilers, because it's really hard to talk about this movie without talking about, like, the basic, like, setup of, like, what's going on in the movie. I will just say this. Anyone who wants to see Godzilla, tune out for the next five minutes, please. Okay, so Godzilla, so it turns out uh, the biggest, the actual centerpiece creatures in this movie are uh, these two giants, kind of super weirdly angular, kind of Cloverfield monsters uh, that are trying to mate, they're trying to fuck. And uh, okay. if they fuck, they're going to produce the bazillion babies that's going to take over the world and it's going to destroy everything. It's going to be super bad. But the movie is really mostly, they they get the vast majority of special effects screen time. Whereas Godzilla really yeah. is only in the movie for maybe about 10 minutes yeah. at the most. And so yeah. it's really, it's more, the movie could have easily, these things are called uh, mutos. Like, mute. <laughs> the fresh maker. I know. Yeah. It's like the mutated united terrestrial organism or something like that. Oh, and so the God. movie could have just as easily been called Mutos. Mutos, <laughs> the fresh maker. Uh, yeah, and Godzilla kind of shows up at the end to fuck him up. And they all, they, when, when you get the three-way fight between Godzilla and these two uh, two kissy-faced, love-making monsters, he kicks the shit out of them. That's great. And it, the, the, mm-hmm. it has the best monster kaiju kill ever. The last yeah. thing Godzilla does is like, everyone in the theater was like, what? Well, this is the other thing I also got to see at the Baghdad where everyone's like half drunk. I saw it like one o'clock on yeah. a Friday afternoon and everyone had a big ass pitcher of beer. And there yeah. there was I was sitting next to a group of four people who had five pitchers of beer. So each person's drinking more than a pitcher's worth of beer during the film. And it was pretty rowdy. It was a pretty good time. But um, so I mean, that was fun. And it, like I said, the one big monster fight you get to see is is really cool. The funniest thing is the, is yeah. Godzilla fights the monster, uh, uh, these two monsters, a couple times throughout the film. Except for the first couple times Godzilla starts to fight these monsters, it cuts away, uh, presumably to save uh, money for the, in the budget. Because despite the fact that this movie is a, like a hundred sixty million dollar movie, yeah, for a movie of this scope with such giant monsters destroying multiple cities. Uh, that's actually not a lot of money. This really should have been like a $300 movie if they were going to show each fight in each city and each city getting destroyed. And so they have to be kind of creative about what they can and can't show. And so <sighs> the first time you see Godzilla actually start fighting the monsters, it's, it, it's, it's a fight that starts in, in Hawaii. 
uh, the, the, this is the jo- joke I was I was uh, like I thought of immediately in the in the movie where uh, when I was watching it where Godzilla punches the first monster and I wanted to shout Hawaiian punch because <laughs> he punches the monster. So in the movie, Godzilla starts punching the monster and as soon as his uh-huh. fist makes contact with the monster, it cuts away, uh, presumably to save money. And also, <laughs> you can claim that it's trying to do the Jaws thing where if you don't show too much, you're trying to like preserve the tension of like. Oh, like, ooh, we'll show more of the monster fight later, but uh, I don't know, we're just trying to make it more interesting. But really, it's, they're just trying to save money. And so as soon, the moment Godzilla f- first lands his first punch against another, another monster in this movie, it cuts away to this kid on the other side of the world watching the TV news showing, you know, the monsters fighting. And it's great. It is kind of clever because he's just kind of, like, distra- like kind of half-assedly watching it like you would, like, a Godzilla movie at home. Yeah. Where he's just, like, fighting... Like, <laughs> then they show it in the background, these, like, Godzilla fighting these other monsters on the TV destroying the city. And his mom's like, Honey, what are you watching? And he's just like, Dinosaurs! <laughs> she, like, turns around, she's like, What are you watching? And she turns around, and she's, like, horrified. She's like, It's real monsters tearing apart Honolulu. <laughs> but it's just great... It is a great thing to show how, like, little kids watch Godzilla. And he's like... He's like like reading a coloring book while this is all happening on the TV. He's not really paying attention. But you can do that once in a movie where yeah. you finally have Godzilla. You first got, you know, this brand new reboot of Godzilla fighting monsters for the first time and you cut away. But it does it a couple more times in the movie Aww. where suddenly you finally get the point. Okay, we're finally going to see Godzilla do something cool. And they cut away at the, uh, at the last minute to something else. They do that at least like two or three times. And they cut away from that stuff to focus on the human stuff, which is not well written. The main yeah. character in this movie is the super muscle bound army dude. He's like this, mm-hmm. like th- like this, this this quote unquote. I guess he's hot. I don't know. You you could probably tell me someday if you ever see. Here, let me tell you movie. if he's hot. Hold hold please. The the main <laughs> actor. I think his name's like Aaron Taylor Thomas. He even has like a generic name. <laughs> What isn't that the kid from like Tool Time from Home Improvement? I was about to say, are you can, are you? What was it? Was a Jonathan Taylor? Yeah, Thomas he's like one of those actors that has like three totally completely generic. Aaron Taylor Johnson. He's not ugly. He just can't act very well. But he's the main character of the movie. Oh, he's the guy from Kick Ass. Yeah. Oh, is Kick? Is that good? I've never seen Kick Ass. I'm looking at his IMDb entry. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, tell me if he's pretty. And but he's not that much of an actor. And he but he's the main character of the movie. Um, and he just, there's, he, uh, just, you, 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 you pay 10 bucks to go see Godzilla. You do not want to be paying, you, you don't want to invest that time and money just to see this guy just talk for two hours. He, it's kind of a bummer. He looks like a weirdly bulky Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, he's kind of got big Luke? golem eyes. So at least he's slightly distinctive. He's not like Channing Tatum, where Channing Tatum just looks like a, like a big hunk of gum. He looks like a thumb. Yeah, it looks <laughs> yeah. like a thumb. Which is why you would ever cast him as Gambit. I have no idea because a Gambit is not supposed to look like a thumb. Although I guess if you have those that Gambit mask where it cuts into the cheeks, we'll, we'll discuss that later. That's later talk. We'll but so anyway, yeah. So it's not the worst thing in the world. The most interesting thing to Boy, read about the making of this. What's that? This kid is not my type. Yeah, he he's not that. He, he does, he... I like beefcake, but... Yeah. Oh, his girlfriend is one of the Olsen sisters? What? Yeah! I was watching that movie, and I'm like, this lady looks familiar, and she look, looks like one of the Olsens, but I know she doesn't look like one of the... So, I guess there's the two twins, and I guess they have another sister who's not a twin, but she still kind of looks like them. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird, but... Um, the, the most interesting character in the movie is Brian Cranston's character, who gets killed... Spoilers. He gets... 
I was going to say he gets killed off. He gets killed off. <laughs> Ten minutes in the oh, movie. No. Um, which is funny because uh, reading about the, 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 the making of this movie, I guess uh, they brought in Frank Darabont literally at the 11th hour. Well, not literally the 11th hour, but like uh, right before they started filming just to do a quick polish of the script. And mm-hmm. I guess he's the one who essentially created uh, the Brian Cranston character, who is the father of the main dude. Mm-hmm. And Brian Cranston is this guy who his wife, who you know, is also the mom of the main character, uh, gets the wife, uh, the wife slash the mom of the main dude, uh, gets killed in a prologue, and then like the first fifteen minutes of the movie, and they set up. It seems like Brian Cranston is going to be the main character because he's on this mission to figure out how his wife died during this uh, monster attack on this uh, nuclear facility in Japan. And Brian Cranston, he kind of hams it up. He's chewing scenery left and right, but he's, in terms of Godzilla movies, he's he's the rare kind of like damaged, kind of like he's a character you can really empathize with. But then suddenly he dies like fifteen minutes minutes in the movie, and then you're left with big muscle bound guy. And he's, I like fake out protagonists. I think it's, it's not even that. Trick, it's just, but it's gotta be a, it's gotta be like a, you have to then have an unexpected protagonist step in. Yeah. And it's just, it's... and you you already know where it's going because when he dies, you're not that surprised. And you know it's kind yeah. of Brian Cranston. You know he's it's probably the one of those things where it kind of makes sense that he's only in the minute in the movie for 15 minutes because if his character was only invented like a week before they started filming, it makes yeah. sense. You could see kind of see where they kind of squeezed in like they kind of invented this whole prologue right before they started filming just to squeeze in Brian Cranston, which is funny because the trailers make it look like Brian Cranston is the main yeah. character. If you're going to see that, if you're a Breaking Bad movie, uh, fan and you're going off to see Godzilla thinking, oh man, Brian Cranston is going to get fucked up by Godzilla. Well, he does get fucked up by monsters. But yeah, it's a little dis- But it's not terrible. I have spent way too much time talking about Godzilla. I have thoughts and feelings about Godzilla. Bill, tell me about Penny Dreadful. Um, But I'm just saying, Godzilla 1985. It ends with God's- everyone being so sad about Godzilla dying. And this one, Godzilla's supposed to be a threat but then everyone's happy when Godzilla saves San Francisco. You can't do it. It's just, you don't, I don't know. What? Don't tell me about Penny Dreadful. Have you heard about Penny Dreadful? All I know is Ava Green and Timothy Dalton's mustache and their vampires. And that last thing is enough to get me to clock right out. Oh, what? The vampires? <laughs> yes. You should watch it just to see. I think you would be at least vaguely entertained by it just because it is Ava Green and Timothy Dalton. Um, it really, I mean, actually, you're... But it's also, what's his butt? What's his name? Uh, Mushmouth, my sister had a crush on. Really? Yeah, my sister, one of her first crushes, her first teen crushes was on that boy. Uh, anyway, I'm sorry, continue. Notice that he's such a good actor. <laughs> this actually goes back to another thesis. This, this is a thesis I started thinking about a lot this week. Not that this is the first time anyone's ever mentioned this, but uh movies and tv shows that where the main character is a bland hunky white guy who mm-hmm. really does ha- brings nothing to the table and has no reason to exist in that story yeah uh, penny dreadful is another example of that where uh as the pilot starts off the main character is eva green and uh, you don't see what exactly going on with her but she's kind of like she's got some kind of magical superpowers or something like that but she's also also super christian she keeps on uh, praying to this crucifix and you don't know what her relationship to the crucifix is it's kind of suggested that she's a vampire too but that she's still like a god-fearing vampire somehow uh, she really is and she really does come off as, comes off as Mina Harker from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Okay. 
gentleman, blah, 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 blah. Which is funny because, yeah, then her partner, the person she's running around with, is totally Alan Quartermain from League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It's Timothy Dalton playing a big game African hunter. Uh, wait, I said that wrong. He, well, he's a big game hunter who's been running around Africa forever. Now he's older and now he's kind of retired. Except now his daughter, who is actually called Mina Harker, has been uh, uh, stolen off by vampires and he's trying to rescue her. And it's presumed that, like, the you know, you uh, big shocker if they finally reveal that the person who's the head of this coven is Dracula. Oh, my God. I, 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 oh, my God. It's going to be such a surprise. But the, the big, uh, most disappointing thing is in order to try to rescue Timothy Dalton's uh, daughter, um, Evergreen recruits uh, this cowboy who's just uh, uh, passing through England. Uh, just like he's just doing a Wild West show, like live, you know, shooting demonstrations and stuff. And so she's like, "Hey, we need someone with guns to help, you know, protect us while we're trying to, like, you know, like fight these vampires and stuff." And as a side character, he wouldn't be that bad. But then, looking at the press materials for the show, it turns out he's supposed to be the main, the main lead. Blech. And you already have Evergreen as like a pseudo vampire. You have Timothy Dalton as this guy who's, uh, you know, kid was uh, rescued by, uh, stolen away by vampires. And then to suddenly, like, okay, well, we still have to make this character, like, this big, dumb American guy whose only character traits is that he's big, dumb, and American, and he likes to shoot guns. That really is the extent of the character. Uh, they kind of hint that there's some, supposed to be some, he's, like, got some kind of sort of past where he used to be rich, but now he's poor. But that's, it's, 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 it's this thing where it's almost like, like, TV and movie producers think... I, would funny because I think a lot of them are kind of my age now, where they think that if you just give a white guy a gun, and make him be able to shoot well, that kind of makes him the Han Solo. That'll automatically make him like the cool guy in the show that everyone will kind of like really should respond to. Not realizing that like in order to have a Han Solo, you kind of need a, Han Solo still had a character. He wasn't yeah. just guy with a gun. Yeah. And like you need something. There needs to be more of a hook there. Again, with the male lead from Godzilla, he's just the, he's just the really bland, generic army guy who just happens to handle guns and, and military stuff very well. But that's not an interesting character. That's just kind of like a blank cipher. That's Godzilla would have been better off without that like male yeah. character. Uh, Penny Dreadful would be better off if the actual main character of the show was Evergreen and not this right like random cowboy guy who gets drawn into the situation after the fact um it's funny because i was talking to dylan this week because we were talking about uh brooklyn 99 yeah. and community actually because we were both talking about how uh community and brooklyn 99 would be those shows could also exist if you got rid of jeff winger from community and uh, what's his face from brooklyn 99 yeah. uh andy sandberg or whatever his face is and uh it's I don't know. All these all these peripheral characters are so much more interesting than these bland white guys who get yeah. shoved in as the main character. I mean, there's some er instances where, like, you can have this protagonist character, like, actually be the binding agent of all these other people and, like, then yeah, justify them a little more. No, no, no. My point is, yeah. is that a lot of these things miss that. They miss yeah. that, that a protagonist should be a unifier or even a divider or some have some sort of critical agency in this combination of people and if they don't yeah. then they shouldn't be there yeah 
It's like the uh, character has some kind of needs to have some kind of dynamic that impacts everyone else. It can't just yeah. be like, well, we just need to have this white guy because white guys watch TV or watch movies, and then we so we just need to have. But we can't make him so specific that he can alienate any of the part of the audience. Yeah. So we have to make him as bland of a template as possible for people to kind of project themselves into. It's almost like a video game thing. Yeah. Where, like, some people, like, some video game developers think that, like, the best video game avatar is going to be the blankest one possible. Yeah. For fear of alienating somebody by actually making that character, like, have any kind of, like, political opinion or any kind of, like, personality. Where they don't realize the best video game avatars are the ones with, like, the strongest, most interesting characters. Yeah. uh, Personalities that you can, you want to play. You want to play as that person. Yeah. You're not, you're, you're not, you're not, you're, you're not trying to project yourself onto that person. You want to be that. It's aspirational. Yeah. Rather than you, you're trying to project yourself into that, yeah. which is the same thing for leads of TV shows, whatever their gender or race are. And yeah, it's cause like I said, I'm not trying to suggest that uh, white guys being the star of movies and TV shows is a brand new thing. It's just the bland blank cypher yeah. white guy yeah. is kind of a thing I've noticed becoming more and more popular and just like I said between Godzilla and Penny Dreadful those yeah. two things were just 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 two projects that I noticed this just ingesting them one word after each other this week just really kind of brought that home yeah. to me speaking of things with different sorts of protagonists yeah you know, last night I finished the most recent episode of The Walking Dead on the Xbox 360 that's oh, right. the game! I thought you were talking about the TV show no. at first. So is that good? So I've been thinking about this a lot lately. Um, <sighs> if you've played... The thing they did between the first and second season of The Walking Dead, which sounds interesting, but I don't know how much of a payoff it is, is that in the first season you play as Lee protecting this girl, Clementine. Clementine yeah. is kind of a blank character. Um, she's just an innocent in this world that's gone to shit. And you are a good man trying to protect innocence. And mm-hmm. so it's all, everything is in the context of that innocence lost. And it's a very clever storytelling tool and very effective. In the second season of The Walking Dead, um, uh, you play as Clementine. And yeah. it's interesting. I, it, I can't help but compare it to Last of Us. Um, spoilers for The Last of Us, everybody. But there's a portion that Last of Us where you play as um, the mo- majority of the game, you play as um, uh, Joel, and then at some a certain point you switch to Ellie, and um, it's a very powerful moment and it's a very empowering moment. And for a number of people that I've spoken to, um, their empathy changes in the game and that thereafter, even as they switch back to the point of view or the, you're playing Joel, they can't help but think of things from the point of view of Ellie having mm-hmm. been given that role. And it, whereas in the walking dead, Clementine is still a blank. She's still a cipher. And I, uh, it's that's that's not good. Yeah. What's interesting is that you need to round out that character. Well, and beyond just that, it's hard to round out a character in a situation where they're just trying to survive, because really all you have time to do is help that character survive. And the ways that Clementine uh, has learned to evolve are interesting. And I feel very, it's, it, it's, it's been kind of fascinating because now I still do feel motivations with that character, but it's kind of to make 
everything Lee did not be in vain. And so, whereas in the first time out, I was very inclined to be a, try to be a good man for the sake of this innocent. Now that her innocence is lost, I'm, like, I'm very motivated to be a murderous motherfucker. Very much so like in... Uh, uh, Red, uh, uh, Red Dead Redemption, right? At the end, you switch and you become Jack instead of, um, uh, yeah. you know, and, and in that moment, I felt very much so motivated to be a murderous motherfucker because of what I had lost. But it's, in, it's interesting, but it's not necessarily enjoyable, and I don't know if it's different enough to actually make, to be something different. Like, I don't know. I, I, it, this game very much so suffers from following the first season. I don't envy anyone who's on the team having to figure out how to beat that or even just match that, just comp that. But mm-hmm. I don't know if what... At the end of the day, I have very little patience for a Walking Dead sort of story, you know? Like, this, yeah. there's zombies and the monsters within and the monsters without. And it's just... It gets very tedious for me very quickly. It's why I couldn't read the comics for a whole for very long. Yeah, I, the Walking Dead universe seems kind of kind of stupid. It's you know I like the idea of people surviving and having to go on, but it's just the Walking Dead in general though doesn't seem like they're really sold. It doesn't seem to be anything more than a soup opera with zombies in it. That's though. that's what it is. I mean, it's yeah. a, just the human drama. Of, no, but I mean, you can make that more interesting. I, I mean, it's not like soup opera. I hate to use soap opera as a, 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 a pejorative. It's, as a pejorative thing, soap opera. I the bad thing about soap opera is is that's the story that only seems to exist just to propagate itself. There's no shape to that story, mm-hmm. and it seems like in the medium of the comic and the TV show, it seems to be just kind of a rambling Shaggy Dog story, and there doesn't seem to be any point beyond just like, well, it's zombies and people like zombies and killing zombies, and there's some interest. There are some characters, interesting characters that inhabit the universe, but I don't know. And and, and, and this is the world's worst thing, but. I don't know. I by it's hard its to explain nature, exactly what so is the whole you know, point of the whole point of Walking Dead is Murphy's Law is always like inevitable. Like grim terrible things will always happen and then something more grim and more terrible happens and it's this constant doubling down of misery. Are we talking about the Interstellar trailer now? <laughs> Murphy's Law. Yes. Murphy's Law. Yes, Bill. Exactly I don't understand why they kept on saying that phrase throughout that whole trailer. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. But um, uh, the it, it, whereas at least The Walking, like, it's not fair to compare it to The Last of Us because they're two very different games, but they hit no. they hit similar emotional beats, and um, it just frustrates me because I want something. I want Telltale to be able to do. A game with a and story with a lot of nuance and delicacy that really hits home. And they did a really good job with the first season of The Walking Dead, but I want them to do it without the monsters. You know? I don't yeah. know. Well, that's the know. thing. Walking Dead... I mean, this kind of goes back to what I was saying about being a soap, a soap opera in that in order for the, like a zombie story to be really interesting, especially kind of long-term drawn out zombie story the stuff with the care it can't just be like the coolest stuff can't be just about like zombie kills and being chased by zombies and stuff like the character stuff has to be the most that has to be the bedrock of what uh, of the story that you're telling and if 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 you can't make that the most interesting part of the story then it's just kind of a generic zombie story and that could be just like uh, who gives a shit and so i think like, the season have... of the walking dead doesn't fall into that trap um no? the the zombies are just kind of an external threat and they're not they're not very much of the focus. And I think the Walking yeah. Dead games from Telltale 
did a pretty good job of towing that line. Um, is Clementine like a crazy killer now? Is she like, is she a super badass, like whacking zombies left and right and trying to be cold and hard about it? It depends how you play it, Bill. Oh, really? Okay. The, the, I don't know. I, I, it's so weird that I so, so still completely do not care about the second season. See, that's because the thing. It's that character. first story was such a complete story in of itself. That's the thing. Yeah. I almost wish that they had just done some sort of hard jump. Like, if yeah. if you had to do a follow-up, keep Clementine the protagonist, jump ten years. Like, show more of the how these characters have changed and evolved to see how characters have changed and evolved in like the month after the originals game is not as interesting to me. Yeah. You know, it's just, I don't know. I feel very conflicted about it. My feelings are very complicated and ill formed. Also making the main character of a story, like a 10 year old kid, no matter how battle hardened they are and no matter how rough their situation is, it's still kind of hard because they don't quite have the emotional, they're the, I don't know, emotional complexity. I don't know. It's, it's, that's challenging enough as it is without also adding the issue of video game agency, storytelling agency and stuff like that. Yeah. And, that's where I'm, uh, I'm actually really curious because they, the situations that Clementine is in and has been in, she's been tested a lot and she's been pushed and she hasn't broken once really. Yeah. And I kind of want her to break, but it's hard to well, do that while giving player agency. And the other thing about zombie stories, it's also interesting because it's a lot of people living up to the ghosts and expectations of their past. And it's also interesting uh, having broken people in a zombie game trying to wrestle with their own demons. Yeah. And a little kid by their nature isn't going to have this broken past to wrestle with their demons because they yeah. don't really have that much of a past. Yeah. I mean, there's you could also do the interesting story of an of of, of an is, in, like relative innocent in that situation trying to survive. But yeah, it's it's characters older characters already bring with them such a package of emotion and brokenness with them that kind of already automatically kind of will can give them depth that a little kid may not necessarily. I don't know. It's it's really the but. source of all my butthurtedness is one of the hosts of the indoor kids got to do a voice on it, and I'm a dumb shit podcaster and I want to be in a video game. That's especially since they stole a goddamn podcast name from us. <laughs> That's even double cutting. That's it was terrible, just like, motherfucker. I'm just saying it. I want to do a voice oh. in a video game. I'm just gonna say it out loud. I want to do it. I want to do it. If we're going that route, can I just shout out loud that I want the Telltale to make a good uh, uh, Godzilla? <laughs> game not that you're human beings surviving a godzilla apocalypse but that you're godzilla. actually godzilla on monster island and you have dialogue choices with all the other monsters on monster island it's a godzilla dating sim yeah. uh king Ghidra will remember that <laughs> <laughs> do you do you share this half a reptile ripped apart alligator with mothra <laughs> So the one thing that was kind of interesting is that they finally added a new character in this season that I find more interesting than all the other characters. Uh, you yeah. get you get thrown in the brig of this community, and in it is this woman who's just kind of a... You barely get to see anything of her, and just having characters with more mysterious ambiguity is instantly more interesting to me in this sort of thing, and especially an outsider, um, because usually outsiders are really good at stirring up the shit in this sort of story. So, and it's this badass um, lady with short hair who's just all covered with zombie viscera, so she can move through the crowds without trouble. And oh, okay, uh, yeah. her voice is actually pretty good. And I'm just sitting here going, dang, between this and Bloody Mary and uh, uh, 
Wolf Among Us, Telltale is doing a pretty good tear of uh, uh, terse, murderous, short-haired ladies, which I can. Yeah, appreciate. who voiced the the new, new short-haired character in the in 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 this game? No, it was uh, one of the guys, uh, the bus driver that they that they complimented on them. And they're like, "Do you want to be the voice of this new badass character, lady character in our game?" Uh, it was goddamn. <laughs> oh man, speaking of stupid game ideas, like a Telltale Godzilla game, which. I'm going to resist the urge to keep on talking about because that would be... F- Man, you get to raise baby Godzuki, little baby Godzilla. It'd be like a Clementine relationship is all I'm saying. You can teach him how to blow smoke rings. Anyway, Bill, continue. Um, did you see Steve Wolfhart's idea for a Paul Bunyan resource uh, board game this week? No. His idea is that there would be a board game, you know, a physical board game, not a video game, but a board game where you have a giant wooden Paul Bunyan statue who tromps all around the board and the idea in that in order to state Paul Bunyan you have to take the, it's kind of like a settlers from Catan thing where like the board is filled with resources that you have to manage and uh, cultivate but in this game all the resources would be like eggs and wheat to make flour <laughs> and cows to make milk so you can make giant pancakes <laughs> That is the only thing that will save Paul Bunyan and keep him calmed down so he doesn't uh, stomp around to destroy stuff. And Steve Wolfhard, he had this whole thing planned out. That whole, also there would be a giant Babe the Blue Ox thing yes. that will also randomly, also sometimes want, wander around and tramp uh, things that you also have to feed that uh, Babe the Blue Ox pancakes. So it's the thing of trying to manage these two giant characters tromping all over the board while also trying to make the pancakes to feed them. And there'd like be like giant pancake like tokens and stuff like i thought that was the best thing oh my god i would play the fuck out, out of that game settlers in Catan, except it's about pancakes rather than building cities steve wolford is my favorite human that's kind of did you see his new fucking pet skid okay here's the part we just talked about steve wolford steve wolford yeah. and his lovely and fantastic <sighs> wife leslie just adopted an old man cat named skid who is my new favorite animal yeah steve wolford just an old friend of ours animator works on adventure time and he just loves all things horrible <laughs> And he, he already owns a terrible, awful cat that no one likes called Haircut. This ugly little pug-faced monster cat kind of looks like, was it Fizzgig from The Dark Crystal? Sure. It's kind of like the realistic version of that. But so they wanted out of was a way to adopt this, like, shit, like, just monster, monster cat called Mr. Skid. That is like this gray, black, and white horror show. It's like the Tom Waits and Ron Perlman of cats. Hey, Bill. Yeah. Let's stop talking about Skid. Why don't you tell me about the end of Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge? Uh, Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge ended this week. Uh, Do you care about spoilers for Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge? You can spoil reality TV for me. Oh, you're not going to watch it? Probably not. I would just be too mad the whole time that Brenna's not on it. What's that? I would be mad the whole time that Brenna's not on it. Well, that's was I don't know if Brenna, this would be something you'd want to watch with Brenna. I have no patience for reality TV is all, and it all boils down to. Really? You don't, don't like say, say yes to the dress? I can't watch any of that bullshit. Well, this is a funny thing. Again, talking with Dylan this week, uh, I was explaining to her the premise of Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge, especially the finale. So, okay, so Jim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge first started off with, like, 12 people all vying for a job at the Jim Henson Creature Shop. And so over the course of eight episodes, they whittled it down to three people. And so it was like a three-way finale where these guys had to build, like, these giant puppets who would be talking to each other at this tavern. Uh, But I thought the cool thing is they brought back everyone who had been disqualified to also work with these three finalists. They all got busted up into three teams. Which I thought, that's so nice! And I was talking to Dylan about this, and she's like, you 
you've never really watched reality TV shows. <laughs> She's like, every competition-based reality show, like, be it a cooking show or anything like that, that's what they always do. They always end up bringing the cast-off people to come back and help the finalists at the end. And I was like, oh, but it's such a sweet idea. It's so nice. And she's like, you fucking fool. <laughs> Learn, get educated. Watch some fucking pop culture sometimes. It's funny what Dylan McConus has to tell me this. I was going to say. And so I thought it was very sweet. And uh, the person I was rooting for didn't win, but the second best person who uh, I was rooting for did win. So, yeah. And I, it was funny because now I'm following a couple of those people on Twitter, and uh, I was joking about how the winner of the, uh, the the TV show looked like a gelfling, and both of those people seemed to enjoy that on Twitter. So. It's good. Not I'm only did it end, and uh, the nice person won, but then they also laughed at my joke about how one per- my slightly insulting joke on Twitter. They they faved my Twitter joke, so it's a yeah, perfect finale. Yeah, I'm, I'm best friends with them now. It's it, they, but yeah. no, it's 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 cool. But seeing, I, I, still, the most interesting thing about Tim Henson's Creature Shop Challenge is most of the contestants were younger people, and it's weird to see. It's kind of interesting to see people who are even like a good decade younger than us still be that round wound up about jim henson creature shop stuff like realistic like actual puppets and sculpting and i don't know it's 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 a thing with every passing not to say they're entirely different generation than us but it's kind of hard (laughs) well i mean it's not we're all not to be their parents or anything like that but i'm glad to see that there are still people out there who are relatively young who are really into that shit that's that's really nice to see Bill, tell me about uh, the Xbox One's fucking terrible DVR video editing. Oh, this is just an extension of the Super Time Force stuff. So, Super Time Force. I forgot that they actually uh, started, had launched a Twitch uh, broadcasting app for the Xbox One. Uh, whereas the X, for on the PlayStation 4, it's just a simple button mm-hmm. uh, that you press on the uh, PlayStation 4 controller that broadcasts. Yeah, there's this whole archaic thing on the Xbox One where you have to go into the Twitch menu and, like, dig up the like the on-screen prompt that lets you broadcast. It's a big fucking mess, but that's not even the bad part about it is. The bad part is figure out supposedly you can archive videos and edit them and, and upload them to YouTube, which is a nice thing. You can't even do that on PlayStation 4 and mm-hmm. this is kind of exclusive to the Xbox One right now. But uh they're suite for doing this this program suite that lets you do this it's actually broken up across like two or three different programs oh seriously and it's incredibly difficult to understand what the hell you're doing like two of the programs are this thing called upload studio okay uh but the first version of upload studio you go to where you edit your video does not actually let you upload your video anywhere which why would you call it upload studio yeah Especially if that's not where you're uploading stuff from, uh, and you can edit stuff, and but it's a, it would already be a challenge to edit video with the Xbox controller as it is. But the menus and stuff for all this editing and and stuff, it seems like it it it, it is told. It is the perfect example of a team at Microsoft designing this in a way that made sense to them, but they obviously never talked to anyone outside their team to see if that made sense to any layperson. Yeah, uh, because just trying to edit stuff and. You could, like, there's a thing where you could record in-picture commentary for a video that you've posted. Like, you could actually record, like, you know, like a, like, like a half-hour video of you, of you playing a video game. And then you could actually record with using the Kinect an in, in, in-picture, like, commentary of what you're, uh, of the actual, like, direct feed video that you're posting to YouTube. And they'll, they'll combine those two videos and put them together when you upload them. Except, 
uh, when you're recording your commentary, it doesn't replay the video for you to show you so oh, you seriously? can see what you're talking about. So you, you just kind of go in blind. So I guess it uses you just like talking blindly for however long the video is supposed to be. Mm. And even then, it's it's difficult to understand exactly like when you record that connect commentary video. It's uh, it's 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 very difficult to understand exactly how to like align that with the video. it's just it, it's just a big fucking mess. So even once you've got the video edited, it's difficult because it's called the upload studio. You think okay, where's the button I press to hit upload? No, uh, in order to upload stuff, you get prompted to go into another version of upload studio, and that's a whole different process of like well, if you want to upload it to YouTube, you have to do this and you have to wait for like Xbox servers to do this and process the video before we can go up to YouTube. It is complete opposite of Oof. the PlayStation 4 super streamlined Twitch broadcasting function. And granted, on the PlayStation, uh, PlayStation 4, it's, it is just broadcasting. It's not archiving anything. It's not saving anything to YouTube. So it is a lot less complicated than what's going on with the Xbox yeah. One. But the Xbox One is just so... They fucked it up so profoundly just straight from the ground level that... Yeah. I don't know. It's just another example where you can see where just the basic thinking for a, a slightly similar functionality on a PlayStation 4 is so much more streamlined and user-friendly than it is on the Xbox One. See, I can I can totally see that being a matter of prioritization. Like, mm-hmm. I can totally see how those corporate meetings went that, like, at PS4... Oh, yeah, like, no, that's what I'm saying. And you can feel that yeah. when you're using these tools where you're like, okay, this made sense to somebody in a boardroom somewhere. But from a real world perspective, because there's no tutorials or anything either. Yeah. It's just they throw you into the suite and they expect that you already know what it is because the people who designed this stuff understood how it worked. But they don't they didn't think they weren't forward thinking enough to understand how someone who hasn't seen this before would use this. See, I just hear that and I hear we didn't have the resource. We had the resources to make it and we were told to make it really complicated, but we didn't have the resources to make it like anything intuitive. Also, the fact that they rushed this in. I my vibe is that it, later my vibe is that they maybe weren't like prioritizing this at all because they didn't think it was yeah. gonna be a big deal and it was only when sony was like sharing is going to be central to what our console does yeah they're like okay we Xbox gotta slap this like, together oh, something fuck. yeah it's like the difference between the connect functionality versus like streaming functionality it, it like the clearly microsoft said connect is central and sony said sharing is central and yeah. I have to admit that the idea that you could record... Um, well, I actually did some Twitch broadcasting this week, too, with the Xbox One. That's the first time I've actually used my Kinect for anything, mm-hmm. which that was kind of nice. And that may be the only thing that keeps me from just throwing my Kinect in, into a box and yeah. just throwing it in the basement uh, is is the fact that I can maybe still... Leave. You know, the weird thing is I found out this week, I didn't realize there's nothing that you can... Uh, you can watch Twitch stuff on the Xbox One, but you can't actually watch Twitch streams on the PlayStation 4, which seems like an arbitrary oversight for the for Sony. You can watch streams? Not that I've noticed. I can't find... I mean, there's the Twitch app, but that only lets you stream. I, I, I don't can't think find it's like, the Twitch... It's not like, here's the wide world of Twitch. It's like, here are other um, PS4 users streaming really? content. Really? I think that's, that's bullshit. what it is. Because, yeah, that's... I Because I was trying to watch some Jeff Green doing Dark Souls, and my Xbox... That's the other thing. The Xbox Twitch app keeps on crashing, and it kept on crashing. It was like, well, I'll, I'll fire up the PlayStation 4's Twitch app. 
and that just didn't seem to be any way to find Jeff Green's uh, feeds. Yeah, I've never. I this is not the most interesting much. conversation, but <laughs> I just yeah. used. Uh, I just popped in the some PS4 streams to watch some different games and basically use it as, for all intents purposes, a demo thing. Which, whenever I stream, seems to be what other people are using. Because I've had, like, especially when I was streaming Assassin's Creed, I had a lot of people popping in and then asking me really basic questions about it. Like, mm-hmm. you're like, how, what how, is soup? What is game? How much it costs when it yeah. out? And I'm like, baby, I'm not, this is literally, it's, you can Google all this data and you're fine. That's what I understand. I think it's people who just don't like, are so lazy. They've grown up with like the internet that they don't even think like, oh, maybe I can just use a search engine to find these answers. And no, it's just like automatic gratification where they think, what this? <laughs> what you thing? tell me. What thing? Yeah. Uh, Bill, tell me about the Channing Tatum, Muscle-bound Godzilla guy, Jeff Winger, Jake Peralta problem. Or is that your your thesis? That, that was just my thing. I just wanted to bring that up where, yeah, that, that kind of thesis of the bland... Uh, now, I hate to... Because Jeff Winger on Community, he eventually proves himself to be a worthy lead of that show. It doesn't necessarily have to be lead. It would be more interesting if it was like Troy, his lead. Uh, wait, so I can't remember. Have you watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine? Yes, I told you okay. to watch it, Bill. Oh, that's what it was. Thank you so much. Well, I got, I got, I got, I, I expended so much energy jerking off to all the ladies on that let's show. Let's just I call who it told the protagonist problem, Bill. Um, yeah, that's not a better way to put it. No. Not to say Jake Peralta is the worst character in the world, no, but that show is its funniest when it's other the, the the all the secondary characters doing stuff. There's a sliding scale, but it's just like it's just the name for the problem. So yeah. Well, like Pacific Rim, same thing. That movie would have been so much more interesting if the big yes. doughy white guy wasn't like. If what he if was that, just what Edger... the token love interest. Yeah. What if Edris Elba was the main character, or at least the Asian lady? Or yeah, what if his daughter had been? That would have been yeah. That's oh, well. what I'm saying. What you gonna do? Or at least a goddamn Russian couple. <laughs> exactly. And with that, friends, we're gonna take a little bit break, and we'll be back for the Geek Week in review. <laughs> about the Godzilla design in that movie, but he's too fat. I think he's very goddamn cute. There's a scene where his foot comes down. You see a close-up of his foot, and he's got, like, Godzilla cankles. He's got, like... He doesn't have, like, a foot. It's, like, almost like a solid tube of Godzilla meat with, like, three little toes. It's fucking hilarious. And it's all fat. You know, like, when he steps, it wobbles. It's... Yeah. It's fucking yeah, I thought Annie actually might be vaguely interested in seeing Godzilla just because uh, they based one of the, uh, they, they kind of based the design off of Godzilla off of kind of like a bear. And you kind of look at his face, it's kind of like, it's kind of like an angular bear face. I could see that Godzilla being a little bit cuter for Annie compared to some of the older Godzilla designs. Not like Godzilla with the old Michelle Rodriguez eyes where he, I kind of, that's, as far as the Godzilla design, that's the one, the one disappointing thing about that Godzilla design was he has tiny little beady eyes. And Godzilla in the past always had such big ghouly eyes, which they kind of look ridiculous, but I like the idea of at least having bigger eyes, so at least there's a little bit of an expression there, even if it is a blank, like, soulless Godzilla stare. At least that's a little more of a adds character. Whereas in this movie, like, nine times out of ten, his eye, you don't even really see his eyes as much. You just kind of see the glimmer of the light reflecting off, like, his tiny beady little eyes um so he's kind of makes him more animalistic and less interesting than he was when he had big 
ping pong. Kind of like evil Kermit eyes. But hey, what are you gonna do? That's the worst thing I complain about the, the, the design of Godzilla in an American produced Godzilla movie, and that's not too bad. Beats the shit out of that uh Independence Independence Day guys, their Godzilla movie. Yeah, fuck those guys. Those guys have never made a good movie. Fuck Stargate. Fuck Independence Day. Fuck Day After Tomorrow? What else have they made? I'm so glad that they have stopped being Hollywood's default. I guess they kind of got usurped by Michael Bay. It's not like Michael Bay's any better. But at least he does... I mean, people talk about Michael Bay just being all about explosions. But at least he uses explosions in a wider spectrum of films. At least he'll make an explosion-filled... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie and an explosion-filled Transformers movie. Whereas the Independence Day guys, they really just did just, like, natural destruction stuff. It was always just big scenes of, like, New York getting blown up or destroyed by a tidal wave. It's kind of the same imagery over and over again. Whereas, at least with, I don't know, Michael Bay, at least you have snowboarding turtles. Which is a little bit of a break from giant junk piles that are supposed to be Transformers beating each other up in the middle of a highway. This is neither here or there. Here's Bill's rambling commentary about life. Right, Annie? I just lectured them on Michael Bay and the design of Godzilla. <laughs> oh, cats! <laughs> oh, my, no cats! My friends today. I'm glad I knocked over my CD drive. This is the other like... thing I was going to mention. I'm kind of surprised you didn't see Godzilla just because uh, Godzilla kind of looks like uh, Bailey crossed with Orange Kid. <laughs> Are you guys Godzilla? Hey, pals. Hey. They made Godzilla fat. <laughs> you think you'd be down with just fat Godzilla just on basic principles. And that makes you think of Bailey? Yeah! Well, Bailey, like, if you look at Bailey's little fat little neck, it's totally Godzilla, like the new Godzilla. <laughs> Pull up a picture of new Godzilla and tell me that doesn't look like your Okay, cat. hold please. Both of them combined a little bit. Hold please. This is relevant yeah. to my interests. Godzilla even has one eye that's slightly larger than the other. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Yeah, He's got the fat little feet. Okay, it is kind of like me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. No, actually, I like the Godzilla design. It was, it was, it was you can't complain about it. You got, you got big, you got his big jagged fins on his back. I, I, I dug it too, Bill. So, but then I was an asshole and I didn't mind the old Godzilla, the the old American Godzilla. I can design, see where they. So. Well, that was in the era right after Jurassic Park, so of course they were like obligated to make him more like a dinosaur. Right oh man, this new Godzilla is fucking huge. That's one good thing that this new Godzilla movie does is the sense of scale. Mm -hmm. That is a frightening. Not only is that, the, the the Godzilla design is actually pretty cool, but like they do a good job of just being like, oh shit, I would not want to be within fucking yeah. twenty fucking miles of that goddamn yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pal, you ready? Yes. All right, friends, we're now back for the Geek Week in review. Some things happened. Let's discuss it. Stuff. Uh, according to Bill. No Wedge in Star Wars. Oh, yeah. I forgot to go back and actually flesh out the show notes again this week. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading Twitter and people are, are commenting to me about my notes about uh, Harry Knowles this week. I was raging about Harry Knowles. What are we talking about? No This is a good radio show, in isn't it? Star Wars, Bill said. So... I every week I make this promise to myself that okay no more Star Wars news this can't turn into this week in Star Wars 
But they did announce this week that J.J. Uh, Abrams, not only did he approach uh, Dennis Lawson, the guy who played Jwed Antilles in the old Star Wars movies, uh, not only did he approach him about being in the new Star Wars, but Star- uh, Wedge turned his ass down. He said, no, that shit would be boring. I got better shit to do. So upwards of two and a half people in the world cried out in pain this week when they realized that there was going to be no Wedge Antilles in the new Star Wars. But I'll just say this. I think it bodes well that he even went and spoke to Wedge Antilles. I know. That's kind of cool. I would imagine he would have just been like, God knows who to... You know what, Disney? Disney's probably so hard up for one-off Star Wars movies, like like extra like spin-off movies. They're like, can you be... Can If you come back, can we make... Will you show up and we'll do, like, uh, five movies about your grandson, Larry Antilles, also played by Channing Tatum? <laughs> about how he saves the new Star Wars galaxy? That's pretty good. But, yeah, good. no, that's interesting they, they, that they would have tried to bring back Wedge, yeah. so that, that's that's kind of a, a cool little move. But, uh, yeah. What about Porkers? Huh? Porkers? Uncle Porkums? Yeah. Porkstar? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also! I can't believe George Lucas, as a fat guy, I should be more insulted by the fact that he decided, he went out of his way to say, when he was writing Star Wars, he's like, you know what would be funny? We need a fat guy to cr- name... try to cram a fat guy into one of these X-Wing fighters, and let's call him Porkins. Yeah. <laughs> Porkins! That's like if you had a fat lady, you called her Moo Moo Bessie. Oh my god. In other news, apparently the 15th anniversary of The Phantom Menace is tomorrow. Yes. How are you going to celebrate? How am I not going to celebrate, Bill? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to, because I'm letting my hair grow out because I'm too lazy to go to the barber, I'm going to try to give myself a tiny little ponytail and then cut it <laughs> off and then call myself a Jedi Knight. Uh, actually, tomorrow night I am celebrating by um, watching Attack the Block in anticipation of the new Star Wars movie. So there we go. Oh, yeah. We're, uh, are you guys going to rent that? Uh, we're going to go over to Conley and Jimmy's and watch it. Have they seen that before? They have. They own it. I need. You know what? That that's good because that'll that'll goad me into watching that finally this week too. Yeah. Yeah. I started watching the first couple minutes of it, and then I was like, man, it, everyone's got a super thick English accent to the point where it's like, I think I need to be less distracted. Like, I actually have to sit down and dedicate. Like, yeah, after I actually, actually have to watch be it. watching what's going on the screen. It, it's it wasn't going to be good radio to like. I couldn't draw while watching that or anything. Yeah. You know? Speaking of movies, uh, the Interstellar trailer came out this week, the new movie from Christopher Nolan. Oh, this is right. Apologies to interrupt this again. You still haven't seen Inside Lewin Davis, huh? I have not. Okay. Uh, I watched that again last night. You should see it because it got Orange Kitten in it. You told me this literally last week. <laughs> I'm just saying. Come on, though. I think you would go, oh, my God. Also, I... Th- I, I, I think you would think the main dude's actually kind of attractive, and he's going to be in Star Wars, too. I'm, so. No, I don't like that guy. You don't like that guy? No. He's got a cool beard. He does. He beards very, very nicely, but he played uh, King John in the Robin Hood movie a couple of years ago. Oh, and that turned you off? He from was. Him? Well, he's, just, he's not really my type. He's almost my type, but he's not really my type. Does he speak French in that movie? I, boy, I cannot remember. That was such a good movie. He was in uh, Agora with Rachel Weisz. He's, he's been in a I Agora, like him as an that actor. Was, he was that in was Drive. one of Godzilla's biggest enemies. Agora. Agora, yeah. yeah. Agora, yeah. So, mutated from the Agorasaurus. I like him as an actor. I think he's an excellent actor, but I am not attracted to him. You haven't lived until you've seen him cuddle with a kitten. Well, orange kitten is all I'm saying. Hey, Bill, do you want to talk to me about the Interstellar trailer at all? What do you think of the Interstellar trailer? Uh, I'm excited about Christopher Nolan making another movie, and I'm excited about a sci-fi movie that's not really a 
sci-fi movie, a movie that's kind of based in the present and based in reality, sort of. That's interesting. Did you see what the tagline for this movie is? I can't remember now. Why so serious? <laughs> dot 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 about space. <laughs> I don't know why. I you know, Bill. The worst part is I laugh at your dumb shit jokes. <laughs> And I encourage you. The terrible part is serious. It's it's written out in internet speak. It's SRS. It's not even the whole word spelled out. <laughs> Why so serious? Uh, what did you think? Also though? the also the, also the poster is just uh, is of just Doge <laughs> with a space helmet. <laughs> it's all I comic sans. With the text Such at the space. bottom. Why so serious? Some and thought that thought about space. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Meme Corner on the Boy Hattie Podcast. Hey, Bill, oh, what did you God. think of the Interstellar trailer? I thought it was... I, I, I do like they're embracing the whole, like, you know, humanity and Earth is doomed anyway. We might as well get out into the stars while we can. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, you, then you made the joke that it's essentially a prequel to Titan AE, yes. which once you said that joke, I cannot, like... <laughs> oh, my God. Which thing, the like... terrible thing is that made me want to go back and watch Titan AE again. Uh, yeah, yep. <laughs> See, I like. That's a good is, movie, but here's the thing: Titan is a terrible movie. I like that thesis, though. I like the yeah. thesis of uh, humans being the minority. Well, the thing is, it's probably not wrong. We need to get off this planet before we. I mean, what they just announced this week that we. I can't uh, talk about it. It's going to give me a panic attack, and this is my we day have off myself. We fucked up. I can't talk about it. I'm Our nation supply of macaroni attack. and cheese. So, um. <laughs> Fort Knox it used looks, to be filled with. I like that. Uh, even in the trailer, they've already established that the mom is dead. So have they? Well, I mean, the mom is absent, so presumably, I presume she's dead. So it just, you know, makes it easier for uh, Christopher. Nolan oh, you to do see when his... he's in space at the end. He's actually taking the mom's corpse up into space because it's supposed to be this weird <laughs> romantic gesture, but everyone thinks he's a fucking nutcase. I yeah. I, I, I'm excited about Christopher Nolan because this is another instance where it's Christopher Nolan being allowed to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. And, Which, I and, mean, that worked out with Inception. Yeah. yeah. I'm intrigued. Um, I, I like that guy. I'll see what the hell it does next. I don't understand people. I could see not being into Inception because it's not like Inception is the end all be all of, of all movies. But I've noticed there's a lot of people who just like out of their way just go like, oh, you th- you th- you think, oh, you like Inception? <sighs> like they, they'll automatically scoff at you. Yeah. at you if you admit even being enjoy being humored by inception for more than 10 seconds it's like fuck you assholes hey, Bill, it's almost like people like being assholes sometimes i know and but you know the one thing i was only a little disappointed because all i knew about this movie was called interstellar it was about christopher nolan and it was something about space travel yeah. for some reason i thought it was going to be a little more of a futuristic space movie mm-hmm. kind of like maybe like oh like i thought it was going to be a little more of a prometheus era kind of yeah. like maybe not just like it seems like this movie may take place like maybe at the end of our century. Yeah. Whereas Prometheus kind of takes place a couple hundred years in the future, so yeah. it's a little more because especially if you're going to have characters being sucked into black holes and stuff like that, you'd think you'd have to have spaceships. It's it's, it's weird because it totally is. It, it really is like maybe space travel within our lifetimes. Mm-hmm. And but I'm not quite sure how we what any kind of technology we can invent in the next hundred years, which would propel someone into like a black hole or something like that. Cause that you'd have to take them so far away from earth. It'd be like, it's literally interstellar travel, which we probably can't achieve for the centuries. Probably. I, I do. I do wish that it was just kind of a grungy sci-fi movie. Like, you know, yeah. just like a little more sci-fi. Cause I miss that in my diet right now. Yeah. That's one. This feels a little bit too close just from the trailer. Who knows what the finished movie is, but it, it smacked a little bit of like mission mars 
Or like, remember there are a couple Mars movies in the late 90s? I can guarantee you that Christopher Nolan probably won't disappoint us in the visuals department. Oh, I know. Have you ever seen those movies, though? No. Because I forget which one was which, because you got one where it's Gary Sinise and there's a barbecue. <laughs> which is kind of like, like, uh, 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 True Detective on a Farm. And then there's also one where Hudsucker Proxy, he freezes himself in space. Because Hudsucker Proxy, he doesn't want him anyone trying to rescue him. So Hudsucker Proxy takes off his helmet and then it turns into like a frozen corpse in space. And it's kind of horrifying. That actually may be the same one. I'll, and also I know that the lady from The Matrix is in one of those movies too. So maybe she's in the, the other stuff. Well, I don't know, but it's just like I don't know. Why does he? Why does? Why does a NASA farm? Why is a NASA engineer also a farmer? It could be like uh, kind of a Kingdom of Heaven sort of thing where he's retired, man. He's oh, not in that true. game anymore. Do you think? You think Interstellar ends with him going back home, and he's just like, he's just uh, he's and he stares in the field where he he's gonna fuck his wife and his dad fucked his mom. Yeah. No, he's gonna be hammering out a piece of corn. <laughs> Because it's Kingdom of Heaven also farming for some reason. This is how Bill thinks. This is our niche. Only Andy and, Fo- and Foley and Bill will laugh at these jokes. And no, but then Liam Neeson. Well, no, who was, who was the king at the end of... It wasn't Liam Neeson at the end of Kingdom of Heaven. No. No, but it is Liam Neeson who shows up. But it's Liam Neeson as either an alien, like a gray, with a terrible makeup job. He's like, what is the way to Mars? <laughs> and then he says, go to where they speak... Venusian, and then head west. Or, it's just Liam Neeson as a Jedi Knight showing up. And it turns out Matthew McConaughey is the Anakin Skywalker. Turns out this is Christopher Nolan's stealth reboot of The Phantom Menace. Oh my god. And it turns out, yeah, Matthew McConaughey. The movie ends. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm excited to be kind of uh, uh, to have a Christopher Nolan movie, just go into it and be like, let's see what this is. You know what? I've already seen this. I really don't want it. This is another one of those things where if I could opt out auto, out of all marketing for this movie exactly. and just go into the movie blind yeah. in six months, I would totally do that. Yeah, I wish there was some sort of way to just say, I will go see Interstellar. I will go see Star Wars. If you prepaid your ticket right now. Yeah, if this. you sit down and say, okay, I've paid my 12 bucks. Yeah. Leave me alone. Yeah. yeah, I wish you could do that. Ah, well, what you gonna do? In other yeah. news... Uh, it was announced that Channing Tatum will be playing Gambit. <laughs> Mr. Thumb. Mr. Thumb. Okay, so the internet already got into a kerfuffle. And as a uh, uh, a fangirl, I have to participate. As a man fancier, I have to yeah. s- add my two cents. I've thought about this. I am not a big um, Tatumist. I can kind of take him or leave him and largely leave him. But I do find him most interesting when he's a charming goofball. Mm-hmm. So as much as I do not think it's necessarily good casting, and had you given me a week to think about it, I never would have even put him on a list of a hypothetical, like, at all. I like the idea of Channing Tatum being a charming, roguish dickbag. Mm-hmm. Who would you have chosen to play Gambit? That's the thing. It's like, I don't know any southern shyster sort of people. The easiest thing is if, if you could put uh, Sawyer from Lost into a time machine. Yes. Obviously. That's really, yeah, he would have been perfect 10 years ago. You have to ago. be kind of pretty, kind, and kind of goofy, but charming as fuck and very charismatic. He's just, aside from his acting ability, he's just too thick. 
Gambit's supposed to become a lanky dude. Yeah. He kind of, he's kind of got, got that face where you know in five years, he's, he's, he's totally supposed to be like old fat football guy. <laughs> and that's just already turning little, into that. He's going to be a little league coach. Is what you're his saying. Gambit mask with like, like I said, that cuts into his cheeks and stuff is going to be so pulled, like pudgy. <laughs> like he's going to have this under chin that's, he, Bill, I, yeah, but I, Bill, I'm going to point yeah. out here that you and I are literally the last people who can make fun of anyone else for under shit. <laughs> No, if anything, we under we understand how terrible it is to have under chin. It's something I understand intimately. We 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 are uh, we could be Hollywood's foremost under chin consultants. <laughs> uh, we could actually be helping Channing Tatum with his problems on the set of uh, Gambit. Oh man, so um, I had a fancy party a couple of weeks ago at work, and I got all dolled up, and we had a lot of to- a photographer there, and I mm-hmm. was looking for some other photo, and I found the directory of this photography, and I'm like, oh, I wonder if there are any photos of me, and literally the first photo of me is me going. <laughs> Just what little, are you doing? Just the, I'm I'm laughing at something someone is saying. Kind of pull back and like it's just the worst. <laughs> and there's flash, so every single crevice and skin. Oh, fold. that's the worst. You think the photographer would know better than the? Oh, there are some terrible. good photos of there too, but it just it, that was the first, and I'm like, you know what? Let's just. It's good to set the tone and just knock me on my ass from the start. Well, that's what that's the part you got dressed up for, right? Yes. Yeah. So at least you look very beautiful from the neck down. There. So it's all that matters. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Bill, so you would have cast uh, Sawyer as Gambit 10 years so wait, ago. So Sawyer. the funny thing is we're sitting there talking about Gambit. I don't know nothing about Gambit other than he he's uh, Pepe Le Pew <laughs> and he throws decks of playing cards at people. Literally all I know about Gambit is what I gleaned from the X-Men TV cartoon uh, in the early 90s. That's so he throws, pa- yeah, yeah, and so his magic powers are like beating people with a stick and throwing uh, packs of cards at people. He has energy powers. Hold on. Oh yeah. If Kelly Nelson is listening to me right now, she's at home yelling at the uh, uh, speakers, telling me what it is. He has energy powers where he can charge something with energy so that it'll explode. So he has the playing cards because it's part of a shtick, but he can charge them and ex- throw them and explode them. And with his it's not sexual energy. His well, obviously, and his staff. Yeah, he can like shoot out. He can like charge the ends a little bit. And have That's gonna look so out. stupid. But he on, can on like movie so he can like go to like a barrel or something and charge the barrel and kick it and it'll explode. And that sort of oh, shit. did you hear about supposedly who is rumored to have, to have been chosen to play Dr. Strange in the Marvel yes, movies? Yes. And it'd be perfect. I hope it is him. And the only reason this came about, because I think the IMDB page for the, for yeah. the Miss Dr. Strange movie just suddenly listed him as the lead actor, which doesn't mean anything because anyone could edit thing. IMDB. Yeah. They, Annie Maloney could be listed next week as the star of the Dr. Strange movie. But, it's just all yeah. movies are just We're Tom not going to talk about who it is. It's going to be a guessing game. There's going to be a guessing contest this week on the Boy Howdy podcast. I can't remember his name. He was the hot guy in The Mummy. Uh, which is funny because I've seen that lead to debates online. Because when you say hot guy from The Mummy, who are you talking about? The best thing is no one assumes that you're talking about uh, <laughs> Brendan Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen people guess, oh, the hot British guy? <laughs> No, that's not right. But it's funny that people would guess the nerdy British guy. I think people would suggest Rachel Weiss <laughs> when you talk about the hot guy from yeah. The Mummy poor, over poor Brendan Fraser. Spot. Brendan Fraser is great. It's yeah. yeah, yeah. So some people were like, "Oh, really?" Uh, Arnold Vosloo. And no, everyone else is like, "No, the hot guy, <laughs> the hot hot guy from The Mummy." Yeah, the guy on the horse. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, just because he's brown, you know what? Actually, Oscar Isaac from. 
Lewin Davis. At least he's ethnic. At least he, he's brown enough. See, Bill, if you're talking about, like, Doctor Strange, the thing about Doctor Strange is that he is slender and kind of, like, you know, swimmer's body sort of thing. Kind so it'll of be Channing Tatum. And, like, you know, exactly. But I'm just saying, you can't you can't diss on Channing Tatum as Gambit and then say Oscar Isaac as, as Doctor Strange. Um, I'm just saying Bill. Who? No, wait, who, who's the other 21 Jump Street? I can't remember his name now. Uh, Masturbator in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Yeah. Did you finish that movie? Yes, I did. Remember I finished it and Emily showed up? Oh, that's right. Yeah. I can't believe you actually watched that whole thing. I did. It is like eating a 12 foot long sandwich. Twice. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. I am alarmed at how how, uh, hot I thought his wife, his second wife is. I thought his first wife was cute too, but his second wife, because I'm not usually attracted to blondes. This is why is Bill even talking about this out loud. <laughs> now you're allowed to say your sentence and feel, feel your I feelings. I like lady, ladies with that New York accent I always, always think are kind of cute, though. <laughs> that New York, oh my god, what are you talking about? <laughs> I love you, Bill. Uh, I do like he had, he had a teddy bear with a camera in its eyeball that took a picture of her vagina. <laughs> The debate over Andy Serkis' comments that motion-captured CGI is just, quote, digital makeup, unquote, driven entirely by the actor's performance, suggesting the animators don't do very much. Yeah, so people are pissed off about this. Yeah. At least CGI animator people in Hollywood are pissed off about this, which, I mean, it's not necessarily wrong. I mean, if you do makeup right, and if the person who your motion cap, who the person who's driving the performance, if they do a good enough job, hopefully the... the the computer generated imagery you're laying over that person is good enough where it like, yeah, you really, it should really just be kind of digital makeup, but it is funny that circus is kind of making it sound like the animators really don't do anything. He has, he hasn't come out and said the animators don't do anything, but I think by virtue of just calling it digital makeup makes it sound like, yes, there's no creative choices being made by the animators in terms of how this character is being brought to life. Well, Bill, that just shows really a lack of understanding on whoever is taking that way, because that also implies that a makeup artist has no skill or talent. Oh, that's a good point. So why? Are, so someone needs to talk about all the pissed off makeup artists who are like, <laughs> who are pissed fuck? off with the pissed off in this. You son of a bitch. See, that is like so a that... total example of the sort of thing that I have no patience about. Where we are talking about some people getting head up over something that Andy Circus said, and I don't even know what he said or what the context of it was, or if it was an interview, what question he was asked, and what he said afterwards, and people are just getting wound up about it. Oh no, you didn't hear what the context for this was. I read your so, paragraph. That's all I got. No, supposedly he spent the first week of the Star Wars filming in uh, in uh, Abu Dhabi just sitting on a sand dunes, just screaming epithets <laughs> about how <laughs> I made Gollum. <laughs> they, they, they can't even get him to sit still long enough to actually film his character, regardless of even if it's supposed to be CGI. He's just yeah. They can't calm him down. He's like flipping out out there. I think he took some. I think he took some mushrooms right before they start filming, and he's having a vision quest. <laughs> In other uh, news, but, rest uh, yeah, in peace. I, yeah, I read the comments too, and they weren't quite so incendiary. It's really the uh, the the animation blog Cartoon Brew, uh, which kind of I don't want to say it blew them, blew these his comments out of proportion, but it's a little I don't know. It's it's something it's 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 something that is overlooked, and the um, special effects industry in Hollywood is essentially a slave industry right now. Not to minimize yeah. actual slavery, but they are uh, overworked and underpaid and totally disregarded for the contribution that they give. So yeah. they're allowed to bark up for themselves all they want. I say. Yeah. 
In other news, rest in peace, H.R. Geiger. Yeah, he did. He has passed it. My joke was that he was... Oh, God. Oh, I, my joke was that he was so upset about the Connect news this week that he threw himself down a flight of stairs and died. Because he was a huge Xbox fanboy. He was on NeoGAF all the time. It was really weird. He drew a picture of uh, everyone from Sony sucking a dick biomechanically and posted NeoGAF. Wait, wait. Was the dick sucking biomechanical or was the dick itself biomechanical? It's H.R. Geiger, so both. <laughs> God forbid. Yeah, there's just there's now only a finite amount of dick sucking fan art that anyone's <laughs> going to produce in the world now that HR Geiger is gone. Uh, in to segue to the other piece of news that Bill touched on, <laughs> uh, Xbox came out and said that you can they will have a Xbox One without a Kinect. Yeah. The so Xbox you, you don't have anything else interesting to say about HR Geiger about your favorite paintings of his? Literally, my only interaction with HR Geiger is he did some designs in Alien, and that's the extent yeah. of my Geiger. Have you ever seen his actual artwork? Like, yeah, I've seen his paintings, yeah. but only yeah. like his Alien paintings. That's about it. Oh yeah, most of his paintings are like, like penises made out of babies shooting sp- like like sperm light out of their heads into mechanical women's vaginas and stuff. It's very, it's, it's, if, if you think about how, like, if you were to, like, make a stereotype about how weird, like, German or Dutch people can be, like, this is kind of like the living embodiment of that stuff. <laughs> Jackal. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> but anyway, he did. <laughs> Whatever. Also, he looked like, he looked like who you think Gator Geiger would look like. I always like that when artists him? look like something they would draw. <laughs> he looks like, happy. he looks like a Tim Burton nightmare come to life because he even has like, like those googly little eyes like he she mean he should have been the final boss on hannibal there we go did we didn't need to talk about hannibal just other than the fact that it was at shit happened it week. was batshit bazonkers and it was so body horror that i almost stopped watching you know what i because i was uh uh dylan wanted to play hearthstone i only i missed the first half of the uh the episodes so only caught the second half so i don't know if anything really crazy happened in the first half i only caught the the face eating part I only could. That's a great thing to even be able to say. Uh, do you want to? Do you have anything to say about the Xbox One? Uh, no. Well, like, uh, do you have any? What are your? What's your opinions on the Xbox One? Um, I really, I am so absolutely a hundred percent tuned out of Microsoft at this point. It is yeah. not even. I, 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 my ears perk up when the phrase PlayStation Four is mentioned, and otherwise, I don't really yeah. care. Which uh, it's a, it's funny to see a lot of people suggesting that this this finally puts the Xbox One on even footing with the PlayStation Four, but I don't think so. Mm-mm. Like at, at best, this makes finally makes the Xbox One the same price as the PlayStation Four. Yeah. But the PlayStation Four already has a larger library of games. It's already known to be more powerful. Yeah. And with all the indie games, like like yeah. like Microsoft still has its uh, work cut out for itself to catch up much less even overtake uh, uh sony so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens yeah but hey at least at least they've managed to hit that price point that yeah. does make it the connect is fucking dead yeah it's like, like any yeah. any hopes of that being an interesting device is is gone because yeah. i mean not to say people will still won't produce stuff for it but it's not going to be any different than the connect was for the first xbox where there was some interesting stuff you had stuff like uh, the the double fine software that they put out for that which is like fun little experiments and toys and stuff like that um did the fable the connect game already come out yeah oh yeah okay so that's not for like an xbox one thing that's yeah. some, okay 
the thing that kills me is that basically all the I, I, I not to say that I was necessarily excited about them, but all the innovation and like things that they, the Xbox One was geared around has been yeah. taken out of it. Like yeah. the internet, it, it's can, back to just being a normal console again. Yeah, and like the PS4, at least all of their central concepts, which were gaming oriented and sharing oriented, like they have they been able to to land on that and present that to the consumer. But like with the Xbox One, everything that was going to differentiate it on the marketplace yeah. has been gone. Well, yeah. and and it's been pointed out that like this doesn't necessarily doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that Sony's or Microsoft is going to stop really supporting the Kinect in any meaningful oh, no. way. But this was same week, not only uh, did they announce that you know their 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 the Kinect is no longer mandatory, but that they're also going to be redesigning the uh, all the HUD stuff, all the UI stuff, mm-hmm. to make it so it's more controller friendly. Which right there, <laughs> if they're already defaulting yeah. all the UI stuff to be more controller friendly and not so much focused around Kinect, that just shows right there they really are just making connect completely like this operational side thing anymore they're not even trying to pretend that like yeah most people are they're 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 gearing up for the fact that most people will not own connect for the xbox one yeah so so there you go i paid an extra hundred bucks for something that i've used literally like twice good job bill now you can have youtube commentary sort of awkwardly (laughs) yeah if i could ever figure out how to get that video editing suite to work exactly um but yeah no what else you did yeah you had no comments about the hannibal stuff no Okay. The end. I, Hannibal is ridiculous, and I it is Hannibal. I don't. Hannibal's just one of those things. A lot of art. I want to have a dialogue about it. I want to consume it and think about it, and then talk about it. Hannibal's mm-hmm. just one of those things. It's just this train wreck that I'm just like that. Sure was a train wreck, and then I move on with my life. <laughs> Did you watch the Bob's Burgers part one of their season finale? No, no. Oh, okay. That's cute, too. They're both ending this week, which means I should probably repost my Hannibal slash yes, you Boss Burgers fan art. Yes, you should, my friend. Oh, In other news, this week, Ubisoft released announced Far Cry 4 for publishing, like, this fall, and yeah. uh, showed the Far Cry 4 cover. Which, I they haven't announced if Jeffrey Yolahem's writing this one again, too. Hopefully fucking not. But uh, seeing how weirdly provocative the cover is trying to be, yeah. I wouldn't be a bit surprised if this is another Yolahem joint. Um, so it's like, yeah, some kind of weird guy in a pink suit, like rest, like giving like some captured uh, rebel warrior, like like a head scruffy, like kind of like petting him like you're doing your cat right now. Yeah, and the and the and the the person has like a a. a not a landmine, um, a hand grenade in their hands. It's just, oh, really? I didn't even notice. Weird. Looking at it, it made me think of how much I liked the the cover for Far Cry 3. Mm-hmm. Just because I liked it because it was really simple. It was just Voss sitting on the shore of this beach and the protagonist's head just like he's buried in the sand and his head just peeking out. I really yeah. liked that imagery so much, especially having played the game. Then I just look at this and I'm like, oh, Ubisoft. Okay. It's like, it, it's a, it, it almost seems like Jeffrey Yolahem saw the cover art for Saints Row 4 and said, how can we make this more sexually weird and ambiguous and put like, uh, uh, who's the, who's the WikiLeaks guy? Oh, Julian Assange or whatever his name is? Yeah, can we put Julian Assange on the cover in, instead of the boss from Saints Row 4 <laughs> and also have him like, have him, give him a sexy, uh, 40 year old man slave. 
rebel warrior guy. So. Yeah, there is that's definitely tattoo. an element of gay panic to this cover. That's kind yeah, of... something about where it's supposed to be trying to like, yeah, it's it's trying to tweak you in a way that's like, oh, it's a it's not even an effeminate guy, but like, yeah, there's a sexual bent to that cover where it's a little that's already already coming off as kind of ridiculous and clumsy, which people have already. Fo- <laughs> People have already photoshopped that to be Willy Wonka with an with an enslaved yes. uh, Oompa Loompa, Loompa. Yeah. and that's perfect. Yeah, it's kind of brilliant. <laughs> uh, you oh know, I, just the fact that it's Far Cry Four coming out this quickly, thanks to the help of five different studios, is enough yeah. for me to. I'm ha- the terrible thing is, like, we can talk shit about Far Cry Three all we want, but I had a really fun time playing that game. I enjoyed the gameplay itself. My, none yeah. of my problems were with the gameplay. So, and it's one of those things like Assassin's Creed where I'll flick shit, but I'll probably, I'll wind up playing it. Who am I kidding? So. Yeah. Uh, if they I'm had an extra mode problem. where every time a character opens their mouth, like you might have subtitles on so you can see what they're saying, but like the audio was just like a blaring air horn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That'd be see, great. The I would play is, the shit out I'm just going to play it with Foley next to me in the sofa with a bu- air horn. Problem solved. Yeah. Scared oh. the shit out of my cat. <laughs> oh, that, you know what? That's actually, man. I wonder what else could be. It's 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 weird. Also, these it's weird. All these announcements are coming out so far ahead of E three. Yeah, E three still not for better part of a month. Yeah, and uh, you'd think it's interesting that Xbox got this Connect uh, news out, uh, which people pointed out. This just shows how embarrassed they are by the whole Connect and the fact that the the, the console is overpriced. That they obviously did not want this to be the story of E3. Yeah. And so this is why they let that let it leak early, just so they can get it out of the way and talk about something else during E3. Yeah. But, yeah, the fact that you think you think Ubisoft would have been saving a Far Cry 4 reveal for E3, but no, they said, out of the blue, they said, eh, fuck it, we'll just reveal it now. I wonder um, if it's linked to any sort of, like, financial bullshit. Like, it's like, yeah, oh, we got true. a stock review coming up, we gotta talk about some shit, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know they're showing off, this is the week where all the uh, publishers are showing off everything they're gonna show to E3 to game reviewers and stuff, so they have an extra couple weeks to write up their previews of the stuff. So all these previews and stuff will go live during E3, but mm-hmm. this is when they're showing, like, if Nintendo's gonna have, like, Zelda, you know, like Zelda Wii U, they're probably showing it off to somebody right now so they can write it off at, at uh, well, no, actually, Nintendo wouldn't do that, but, like, Sony and Microsoft would do stuff. So if there's going to be a Fallout 4, somebody's probably watching it right now. Um, that's That's got to be... We need to have our own E3. Not even predictions, because God knows what anyone's going to predict, but what we would want to see from different studios. Man, Fallout 4. We are fucking overripe for a goddamn... Even Because you know, even when they announce Fallout 4, it's not going to be like three years until we actually get it. <laughs> and it doesn't matter, because Fallout 4 is only going to have three songs in it again anyway. <laughs> what if it's co-op Fallout? You can play with... <laughs> That is literally my summoning spell, Bill. My summoning spell is a phrase, Fallout Co-op. What if, man, you, I kind of wish they, they like they could come out with, like, if if they can't, can't, come, can't come out with another big 3D Fallout game, I kind of wish they would come out with, like, a downloadable, like, just, like, a Fallout 4, like, down, uh, like, a side game that would just be, like, 
uh, three-quarter view, just like the old Fallout games. Yeah, asymmetric sort of thing, yeah. So you could still have the soundtrack, and you could have some voice acting and stuff, but still be combat, but, like, because it's not like Fallout 4, aside from the immersive quality of being able to explore those environments from a first-person perspective, there's nothing about Fallout 3 that couldn't have been done from a uh, from a cheaper three-quarter perspective, pre-rendered. Did you see the the guy who does the, the game, the Kickstarter game Stasis, released mm-hmm. a test screen, like a kind of, like, fan art screen this week of Bioshock... With an isometric RPG, yeah, I saw that, and that that would have been uh, pretty cool too. Yeah, that in in many ways that actually would have probably been even cooler. Yeah, it would have been a prettier game. But uh, yeah, like Fallout, I don't know, man. Fallout is just so so much home to me. I I just Mm -hmm. I need it. Yeah, this yeah, and and we should clarify that it's not just because you really like Fallout Three, but you've been playing the Fallout games ever since they were. Yeah. Ever since they started, so yeah, Fallout. You have a long history with Fallout. Those were some of the first games I ever played, and that's actually one of the reasons why I should say PC games I ever played, and uh, that's one of the reasons why I like the kind of music that I do, and uh, that's the reason why um, "Kiss to Build a Dream On" is like my one of my number one favorite songs, and it's actually my wife and I. It's kind of our song. It's my song with Fallout Two first, so yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, when we talk about Fallout games in the past tense, can't we just pronounce, uh, just refer to them as Fallout? <laughs> so walk my, off, my, my, I have an Android and it has this clever thing that I like called cards where they look at things you've recently Googled and then if you want, they'll, and you can opt out, it'll give you information about it so like i get to hear about all the tom hardy news because it's like oh you search for tom hardy do you want to hear more about tom hardy here he said a dumb thing in an interview go to town and uh i googled fallout 4 the other day which means i keep getting cards on fallout 4 and they're invariably some sort of link bait bullshit article on some like eighth tier gaming site where it's like well have you seen all the quote-unquote e3 links leaks that have been like yeah, everyone's this because all this it's it's almost three E three. Everyone's making up these fake lists of yeah. Oh, we just suddenly got this one piece of paper that for some reason lists every secret every company is going to unveil at E three this week, all on one piece of paper for no reason that would ever exist in reality. Yeah, yeah. So and <sighs> Fallout Four is one of the things that everyone's <sighs> pretending to leak right now. And the worst part is it's on my little phone, so I'll just see like this yeah. little box that just says Fallout Four ellipsis, and I'm like <laughs> click, and it's. It's bullshit. It's nothing. What is it? What would you like Fallout 4 to be about? Or like any kind of like... Uh... The rumor is it's going to be set in Boston. And the thing is, is that I miss Fallouts in California. Because like the... Or like in the American Southwest and West. Mm-hmm. Like I kind of would want a Fallout that's in that sort of landscape. Like that's one of the reasons why Fallout New Vegas scratched such an itch for me is because it had... It was set, you know, in... in um, uh, in that neck of the woods, so you had that kind of terrain. Even though in Fallout Three, they essentially made that neck of the woods look more or less because it's like after a post-apocalyptic sort of situation, it's all desert escapes and that sort of mm-hmm. shit. But I really do want—I want like fucking Badlands, motherfucker. Like See, that's not the best, opposite. Where but... I would almost go for a Fallout in that takes place in the Pacific Northwest, so you get the prettiness of Skyrim. Yeah mixed i mean not to say you can't have like cities and towns and like barren wasteland i mean well here in oregon you give you've got the desert right there so if you want desert environments right there but then you've also got like within miles of each other you've got crazy desert you've got vast lakes you've got like vast evergreen forests yeah Um, well i mean so much of fallout is um california i know it's very specific my thing is is that i would totally be down with like you maybe you're like on a 
on a, a transport crew that's working their way up the coast and like going from California to Oregon to Washington. Like, yeah, which that'd be great. Yeah. Ha woo. But yeah, honestly, I just want more fallout. I love the world of fallout. I love the grim, dumb humor of fallout. It's, yeah. it's, it's ridiculous that I hate zombies, but I love fallout and I have an allergic reaction to like dumb steampunk fallout, shit. The fallout's world is so cartoony. It doesn't make any That's sense. That's the thing. But, fallout yeah. doesn't, it, it, what I love about fallout is it simultaneously takes itself very seriously and not seriously at all. And I love that about Fallout. Well, that's funny because Fallout 3 was my first uh, Fallout game. And for some reason, I thought for the Fallout games were a little more realistic. I did not expect no. there to be so many mutant monsters. Like, it sounds like giant Frankensteins running around yeah. the environment. Yeah. But, I mean, once once I got used to it, I was fine with it. But I was I was expecting a little bit more. If you're going to find monsters, it might be radiated humans. You that know are just that like... in, in Fallout 2, you meet, I think it's Fallout 2, you meet a mutant, a super mutant who's voiced by Worf, right? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you do. <laughs> this guy's got to get jobs somewhere. Exactly. <laughs> is, yeah. Exactly. Oh, He's actually a really great character. Well, have you seen people getting wound up about Last Guardian again, too? So where did... I just saw someone mention Last Guardian in a tweet, and I'm like, why are we bringing this up I have no now? idea where this is coming from again, but everyone's just... I, well, I think because uh, Last Guardian is also one of the things that are appearing all, in yeah. all these faked E3 leaks, that it's just got everyone just like, oh, maybe now this is when Sony's going to finally announce The Last Guardian. But you know. Man, but if they try to move it to PS4, that would be such a huge shift. Like, just such a basic architectural shift. Well, that would explain why we haven't heard about it for so long. That's not so bad. Well, that, that that's the one thing that would make it possibly a legitimate thing. Would that would explain why we why they've been so quiet about it for long so long? Because they were waiting to see if and when and how it would be ported but that know. would also explain why maybe the creator left because he yeah. wasn't interested in having to scrap all his work and yeah. basically start over or try to part port what he could where it yeah. was basically what they'd have to do for a ps4 although we're already mm-hmm. playing into the like hmm, maybe i know makes sense. <laughs> which is what everyone does every year <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Anyway, anyway, another news: uh, Sailor Moon and Twin Peaks are being released uncut on Blu-ray this summer. And as we know, we are nothing if not the internet's preeminent Sailor Moon and <laughs> Twin Peaks fans. And my what do you think about this, Bill? Is that you? The way you type this in the show notes is Sailor Moon slash Twin Peaks, <laughs> <laughs> which sounds like my great internet fan fiction mashup. Well, it is uh, Tuxedo Man trying to figure out who killed Sailor Mercury. <laughs> I've like... never seen, I've only seen bits and pieces of either of these things. I yeah. only mention this just because uh, these are two, uh, not super niche things, but they're niche enough that, like, the fans who have been praying for these re-releases of these things both got news that they're both being released on Blu-ray. Also, very fucking soon. I think uh, these remastered Sailor Moon episodes that are coming with a new, uh, I think maybe they're coming with new voice dubs are being aired on Hulu just, like, in the next couple weeks, and then they'll also be collected on a Blu-ray. Um, yeah, and, and Twin Peaks comes out on a big Blu-ray set with also the blue uh, Twin Peaks movie with, like, 90, 90 minutes of deleted content from the yeah. movie, which sounds like it's almost entirely a different edit. With the time-traveling David Bowie, who was a character that was completely cut from the movie, but I guess you get to see all this stuff in the new cut. I don't know. It, it sounds like crazy shit. But, yeah, uh, for people... Yeah, go ahead. I feel like both Sailor Moon and Twin Peaks are things that are very important cultural artifacts to my peers yeah. that I totally missed out on and can never get on board with. That's why I wanted to mention those, just because I know a lot of people who love those things. Yeah. And it's one of those things, if you weren't there in the white hot moment that exactly. those things were born, yeah. you're just never kind of, yeah. 
It's kind of like the X-Files, where it's like, if you weren't watching the X-Files when the X-Files was a thing, you could never join us That's like Buffy the well. Vampire Slayer. I try to keep on yes. getting people into Buffy. Yeah. And also trying to apologize for Buffy while trying yep. to let them watch it. Nope. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'm very excited for all of y'all who are very excited about this. So. Yeah. Congratulations, everybody. I'm kind of tempted just because to see, I know feminist, like, or not feminist, I almost called it feminist moon. Uh, I know, like, Sailor Moon's such a big thing for so many women up now that I almost feel, I want to go back and watch it just to see what's, just so I can be conversational about Sailor Moon. Yeah. Because I always feel bad when people are like, especially, like, I know women who not only in the Sailor Moon, but act embarrassed about being in the Sailor Moon. Yeah, because well, I, I think even, it's a little I, too... I feel like I missed out because I never watched Sailor Moon. I never watched Utna or whatever. I never Utina, read yeah. Ranma. So these are things that are like huge, like cultural, like foundation stones for so many lady nerds that are of my age and yeah. a little earlier and a little later that I'm just like, I missed out on. I feel like I missed out on the secret handshake. Now is our chance to catch up. In <laughs> That's it. All I know is that if it were for Sailor Moon, we wouldn't have the in Puppy Cat. So for that reason alone, I love Sailor Moon. Oh. oh man, I forgot to put that on my show notes. The, the first issue of the Bee and Puppy Cat comic came out this week, and it's fantastic. I went to go download that's that, that this week, but I forgot Comicsology changed all their bullshit. Yeah, and uh, then I found so much other stuff on on the Comicsology. Comicsology has changed their thing, so you can't buy stuff within the app. You have to go to their website. And then you can check out and uh, actually buy purchase on their app. I found like thirty dollars worth of comics I want to buy, but I'm so broke right now. Yeah. So I have to catch up on being Puppy Cat. But yeah, I saw like so all great. the multiple covers they have for being Puppy Cat. Oh, it's so good. It's so charming. It's cute. I love it so much. Oh my I gosh. don't know. I'm kind of worried about how a being Puppy Cat comic would read because so much of my enjoyment of the cartoon, all ten minutes of it of scene, is so much from the voices. Yeah. Like yeah. both both uh, Puppy Cats. <laughs> It's definitely one of those things where you read it and you hear the voice in your head as you're reading I, it. I know, but I just love, I just, I, I want them to re, uh, release every episode as like a stage play, like as a radio play <laughs> read by the lady who like, oh my god, my guts. It's, it's so, it's so charming. I love it so god much. So, so what's the comic about? Is it continuing the adventures of what was going on in the show? Is it just like side stories? It's, it's exactly like another episode of the show where it's just like. Did you get to see more flashbacks of uh, Puppy Cat as a uh, prince? No. No. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. I want to watch go, go back and watch Sailor Moon some more. Actually, that's actually not a bad idea to kind of catch up on Sailor Moon before cu- watching new B and Puppy Cat, so it could even be more like, oh, I see. That's a reference to t- t- Tuxedo Mask's estranged father, or something like. You know, <laughs> you I don't know. No. Uh, in other news, uh, Bioware announced or uh, released the top Commander Shepard names in Mass Effect 3. Click that link and read these names. So oh the, my fucking god. The top names for Lady Shep are Sarah, Kate, Alice, Jessica, and Alex. The top that, names yeah. for Dude Shep are Jack, James, Chris, Alex, and Michael. Which fucking pisses me off. I'm pretty sure the default names are Sarah and Jack, aren't they? Yep. So this means that all... Oh, excuse me. No, 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 no. It says right above it, the most common defaults, the most common choices by far were the defaults John and Jane. Oh, okay. So at least the ladies had a little more. Yeah. There were a lot of Sarahs playing that game, which, which does mean the vast majority of people playing Mass Effect, not only did they choose Dude Shep, but they also chose... 
dude chap some default names, so they weren't even creative enough to put their own fucking name into the game. I like that it's like John is too is too obvious. Yeah, that's Jack. Eh, Jack. <laughs> well, that well, Jack. You can kind of make it sound like that kind of works if you're if if you're playing as a wise ass. Whereas John yeah. sounds like oh, I'm John Shepard. Yes, this also is true. isn't no Alan Shepard's the astronaut. <laughs> I'm sure there's John Shepard's in real life too, but um yeah fuck people gamers you're so fucking stupid well to be fair bill if you look at any average the average is never going to be exceptional did you expect abernathy to show up on this i know but it's literally the average i'm just saying just because i was named mr h shepherd and mrs exactly, h shepherd what were your shepherd's name? Shepherd and Nick Harry, Shepherd. You had you you had like five shepherds there for a while. Uh, well, I had my main my my primary shepherd whose name I can't remember now. He was really boring. Did you have like diehard shepherd? We started di- we started bad decision shepherd, but we stopped. <laughs> um, we oh Harry Shepherd God. is our canon shepherd. Our backup shepherd is Nick Shepherd, and uh, why Nick? It's N I C. Oh, oh I see. Okay, 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 okay. And uh, yeah, those are those are our main our canon play sheps. So all other canons, all other sheps are just goofballs. One of my best video game memories, one of, one of the ones that'll stick for me the rest of my life, is just just on the t- like looking at the character screen of my kind of like dour faced Mrs. Uh, my dour faced uh, uh, fem shep with the name Mrs. Aids at the top of this mrs h shepherd just her just like looking like her like muppet mouth just i love video games we're just like yeah that's and it's so unique that's my personal experience yep. but i loved it so much and, yep oh god, god. and then, god and then she got to fight bastards. her own evil twin and then have huevos rancheros <laughs> on the citadel god bless you massive i love video games man uh and the last thing i had sherry with y'all this week is ABC released the trailer for Gallivant. Did you see this, Bill? What the hell is this? Gallivant is an ABC comedy that is a musical fairy tale. I will watch both episodes that make it it's to called air. Gallivant? Gallivant. Is that is a great it. title for that premise. It's I okay. Everyone <laughs> was flicking me shit because I'm actually kind of excited about this. And the reason why is that I saw this and I just read the premise and I'm like Holy shit, this is the sort of show that my mom and I would have watched religiously 20 years ago. Like, yeah. Like, we would have watched every single episode and talked about it afterwards, and, like, it would have been a big thing. So, like, I feel warm fuzzies about the show, just about the hypothetical alternate reality in which my mom and I get to watch it together every week. So it's a medieval musical? Yeah. The, the producers say it's like a, 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 a Spamalot meets the Princess Bride. Oh, that's great! Oh my God, that's a great way to pitch it. But it's like any any TV musical is going to be terrible. But the music is by Alan Menken. <laughs> so this is this is an honest goodness ongoing series. It's not just like a TV movie or one off no. special. ABC it, they announced this at the upfronts this week. I do not see how it's going to last. I know that they're trying to like. Like, oh, you know, the kids loved Glee. Let's get some of that Glee magic. Yeah, but... let, 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 let's take Glee and smash it together once upon a time and see exactly. what happens. Oh, it's going to be, I hope, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> guys, you guys got to Google Gallivant. If you're from outside the States and if you look for it on Tumblr, you can find it posted on Tumblr so you can see the YouTube When did this show, when does it start? Is it, is it a fall show? All I know is that I, I think it's a fall show. All I know is okay. I've, seen, I've seen the trailer and it looks 
terrible. Because I can't believe I haven't heard. It. This sounds like such a great, potentially great idea. No, I can't believe I haven't heard anyone else flip out about this. Terrible. <laughs> as soon as we're done with this podcast, you have to Google this. ABC Annie, this is Yellow. only the TV network that brought you just the ten of us and Urkel. <laughs> what are you talking about? This could be bad. Once upon a fucking time. So it's a musical, but one of the bad guys is Vinnie Jones. What? <laughs> I hope they get him to. Is sing. he just honking at people? Oh my god, it's gonna be. Oh bad. man, I love being. I love the world. I know it's one of those moments where I love being alive. <laughs> I, you know what? It's one of those things where I'm a fat little nerd, and I, sometimes I think maybe I should grow up and stop being a fat little nerd. But then I'm still being overstuffed with such so much stupid shit being made. Every time you think you've done and seen everything you really need to get geeked up about in life, and it's finally time to put away your childish things and become a person. There's some new dumb shit. There's some new, there's new Legos. There's <laughs> Galavant. Even the idea of Galavant is already better than what the what the actual thing is gonna be. But like, yeah, just stupid shit. Oh my god, that's great, Annie. I'm oh, glad to hear it. It's gonna be so good. Like I said, Man, my mom and I are gonna watch it, and I'm gonna have a two person fandom with. Three-person fandom with me, my mom, and my sister, and that's all that matters. Uh, are you buying Transistor this week? Yeah, I already have it pre-ordered on the PS4. I'm waiting for it to become $15. <laughs> you I asshole. keep on tweeting at them about if they can just send me PayPal me $5, I'll buy the game. You, Bill. Bill Mudrin. <laughs> you and your, your very elaborate financials in your brain, what things are and are not worth. It's just fascinating to me. You have a $200 Lego... Simpsons house, but twenty dollars is too much for transistor. Uh, but it, you're you're. What if it's what if it's actually worth twenty ten transistor? <laughs> uh huh. Anyway, all right, Bill. And with that, this was the Boy Howdy Podcast. We're at Boy Howdy Podcast on Twitter. Boyhattypodcast.com is our website. Howdy at boyhattypodcast.com is where you can contact us. You can also use the contact form at boyhattypodcast.com. If you want to buy me some Lone Ranger Legos and uh, let me enable my obsession. Are we going to put a PayPal donate button Uh, on the website? I have it on my Amazon wishlist. I'm just saying, friends. Very easy to solve. Oh, you're actually putting stuff on your wishlist again, too. Uh, Okay, good. I'm glad to hear it. I have, like, the cowboys on there. That's about it. Oh my god, there's this $50 book coming out in two weeks that's all about just, like, the technology of, of old Disney stuff. And oh, really? it's $50. I don't need it. But I'm like, I want to see how the multiplane magic camera works. Okay, friends. So, if any of y'all are sitting here listening to this podcast with $100 burning a hole in your pocket, here's what you do. $50 to Bill's book. $50 to <laughs> No, 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 no. no that's not... Yeah, don't... I already pre-ordered it. Have you gotten $50 worth of enjoyment out of the Boy Hattie podcast? I ask you, dear listeners. This is after, like, Hannah Groff has, like, sent us, like, $50 worth of candy That's, and tea. Okay. Hannah's off the hook. I'm going to say and it. Grumpy Turtles Maxwell off the hook. Motley has done stuff, and we've Jacob's gotten cracking booze. And we have we, some listeners who are off the hook. What about all both of you other people I didn't mention? This is true. <laughs> yeah, as we've always talked about, our, our fan base is, is only large enough to fit inside a large van. I'm going to say Sid's off the hook, because Sid emotionally Two people have yet off. to pay for gas money on this trip of horribleness. <laughs> and by gas money, we mean spend... A month's worth of grocery money <laughs> on toys for Annie. <laughs> Just put it this way. If she becomes an alcoholic, it's your fault because you didn't buy it for her. Literally. <laughs> if I fall off the wagon. Annie's the, Annie's the victim here. 
<laughs> it's your fault. It's not that I fall off the wagon. I've fallen off the Lego train that you were buying. <laughs> because I You've already have the so wagon. Mine. I bought that one. Oh my god. I love life. <laughs> Alright, friends. We'll talk to y'all next week. Okay. Take care. <laughs>
window and you shout, hey, cow. And whoever gets the most, for every cow that turns and looks at you, you get a point. And whoever gets the most points at the end of the trip wins. And Foley never plays this game with me. But yesterday we were playing and I managed to get up to seven points. It was pretty damn good. Foley then goes to, uh, we're driving by, we're driving down this rural road by the Tillamook Cheese Factory. And she just stops the car on this two-lane road right by a herd of cattle, rolls down the window all casually, just leans her arm out and goes, hey, cow. Just like that. <laughs> fucking, like, 15 cows turn and stare at her. I was so bad. She just beat me handily. Cheating. Cheating left and right. God I, like how, I like how she used to, like, her pickup voice. Like, hey. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How you doing? Exactly. Let me see those udders. <laughs> That's the joke she made. I was like, are those others for work? Are they for play, too? <laughs> Man, I love the Tillamook Cheese Factory. Man, I was so bummed because I actually bought some cheese curds from Fred Myers this week, but they were old when I opened them. Yeah. There's nothing sadder than anticipating, like, fresh, squeaky cheese curds and then, like, having old, like, it's like eating yeah. uh, eating an old man's finger. <laughs> something i have a lot of experience with with that i'm gonna go make some lunch okay i'm just saying if you were i worked for years as a candy striper at the hospital i'm just saying i have experience oh god talk to you later phil take care